welcome to episode 567 of Conversation Street for the episodes of Curry broadcast in the UK between the 13th and the 17th of March. I am Michael. I'm Gemma. And um, yeah, we're here to talk curry. Did you say curry. what numbers you were doing? No, I didn't say what numbers. I was just about to, honestly. This is episodes 10,900 to episodes 10,905. So. Oh, we're going to have a period of... Oh, no, we're not. What? I thought we were going to have a period of five, so we're not. No, no, no. Right, we've got lots of coronation to talk about today, but we have got one more thing to talk about first because we had a little trip to London yesterday, didn't we? we? I'd very much went like to talk about this. To London. We did go up. Did I say down to London? No. Oh, we did, we just went there because we went to see a play with a Coronation Street person in an ex sadly ex Coronation Street person in. Lovely, lovely. Hashtag lovely. bring back Henry. George Banks, yeah, who played Henry Newton back in the it was like four years ago, I think they were saying that um that he was in Coronation Street far too long, far too long. But uh, I'll tell you what, well, he's, he's got doing whatever old the quads are. Plus nine months. Plus, at plus least. a little bit more, yeah. Um, no, he said so he was in the mouse trap in London. At he Saint is Martin's still in the mouse theater. trap. Yeah, which he's you been may doing go and it. See. He's been doing it for a few months. He's still going to be there for another couple of months. <laughs> oh, and, um, it's so good. Good play. So if you don't know anything about the mouse trap, this don't is don't look it up. Yeah, don't. We're not allowed to tell you about the. We plot. got told. We got told at the end. Yeah. Don't spoil any secrets don't tell about everybody it. Everybody at the end, what happens? It's a it's a murder mystery show. Is that enough of a spoiler? Well, um, it's an Agatha Christie play. Yes, and it's been it's the it's longest been... running um, West End play like ever. Yes, isn't it? This year they're doing something very special to well, because it's the seventieth anniversary of the first performance of it, and so they've yeah. got, got a brand new cast, including lovely George, who plays a character. Mr. Man. He plays a character in it. Yeah, we're not going to tell you anything that happened, just in case anyone wants to see it. Um, but it was great. It was great. We we've been meaning to say it for run, ages. Wrong, longest run play of any any. Oh, is it in, in the whole, whole world? world? Whole world. It's the bestest play ever well, made. When we went to the theatre, they had a little um, like yeah. a counter, didn't they? When I wanted you... to take a photo of it. Well, why and didn't you? Because this woman decided to stand there, looking <laughs> like. I don't know, like she just climbed Mount Everest and she wouldn't get out of the way. <laughs> There's a, yeah, a little counter that you can see just at the doors when you go in that said this is performance number like 29,000 and something or something. Yeah, it? something like that. Crikey, right. it's just been they've going... They've done more episodes, they've done more plays than Corey's done episodes. Yeah, yeah, it almost treble the number of performances of that as they've had Coronation Street. It's that been seen by show. over 10 million people. Yeah, and yet I don't think I know anyone else who's seen it or well, we've had a few my mum's seen it oh yeah of course she has hasn't she and we have had a few people on the Facebook group saying they've seen it now but it was great I mean we've I've heard about it for, for years and we've walked past I've the theatre and everything and um, yeah we had a, an obvious excuse uh, now because of lovely George who as you may remember is a friend of the podcast he's uh, been on the podcast a few times I'm still very much in touch with him and um, yeah so we, we decided to go up there on my strike day Rah, uh, rah, I, I, I was on strike for two days this week. Um, and by the way, I hope you enjoyed the uh, the strike bonus podcast that we did this week as well. I thought that was thought that was really good. interesting Lots learning about how Coronation Street was affected by all the strikes. Anyway, I did great. Um, yeah, so we, so we went and see him, and we were not alone. No, I came as well. You, you, and I were not alone. There was more. Yeah, every loads of it was a sold out show. Including <laughs> who else was in the audience? We also were accompanied by the beautiful and fragrant. Georgia Taylor. Was she fragrant, was she? She was always she fragrant. Off? Flowers. Oh, okay. And the also equally beautiful and fragrant Charlie <laughs> DeMello. What a pair yes. of 
lovely jubblies they lovely are. Lovely Georgia Taylor, who plays Toya in Coronation Street, and Charlie, who played Imran, who has got a couple of name checks in this week's Coronation Street, hasn't he? Yeah, it's all falling apart. Ad- Adam's, Adam's doing it for Imran. He don't want to <laughs> let him down. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that, so we agreed. We as soon as um, we found out that George was was going to be in this show, which was I don't know, October November time, we kind of said together that we ought to go up at some point to see it together, didn't we? Well, we and all came from different directions. We did. They came from the top down, and we came from the bottom up. We attacked it like that, like a pincher movement. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, we, so we, we we drove up and we met them there, and we watched a lovely show together, and then had lovely dindins with them. We did. Um, we had a lovely custard tart. Oh yes, yes. George recommended a custard tarts from a place up yes. by the theatre. Very, very nice. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'd, I'd like to say lots about the show, but I you don't, can't really. But we're not really allowed. It was to. really That's good. That's the whole thing about it. You're not allowed to see it. It's like it's like an Alfred Hitchcock kind of thing, isn't it? Saying don't say what happens in Psycho. Don't say that the woman gets stabbed in the shower. Oops. There's no there's no shower stabbings in this. Thing. It's really interesting because you can't sell like she. she the, it's based on a short story that she wrote. Agatha Christie wrote, um, but you can't, it's not allowed to be published in the UK until the play's finished, which it hasn't done. And also they're not allowed to make a film adaptation of it until the play's been finished for six months. Because when they originally did Mm. the play, Agatha Christie thought it would last like 10 months (laughs) at the most. And uh, it's been running for 70 years. Yeah, 70 years, 70 years. The the character that that, uh, George plays is is not a million miles away from Henry. I have to say he's he's a bit toffy and posh, isn't they he? They all are, though, aren't they? I mean, it is they an all... Agatha Christie. Yeah, um, but it's it's what you would expect from an Agatha Christie. We won't talk about it anymore, but it was but very it good was, fun. It was Gift lots is very of nice, fun. Lots very of fun. Um, nice location too for lots of different. Yeah, we had some good seats, and then um, yeah, then we went off to. Uh, to have dinner with uh, with with George and, and Charlie and Georgia afterwards nice as well, chats. which is lovely. Went to a French restaurant and had lots and lots of nice chats. And I, I wish we could say more, but it's great. If you if you are a fan of of Henry Newton on Coronation Street back in the day, and you'd like to be reminded about just how great an actor George Banks is, and he's such a lovely person as well, isn't he? He's such a nice guy. Um, do head up to the St Martin's Theatre. He's going to be there until uh, June, I think he said, and. Um, and I wish yeah. I'd got my um, programme signed. I know, we, we didn't... We didn't even get a programme. We didn't actually get... A, no, that's another thing they do. There's a little like a library stamp, isn't there? And they yeah. stamp stamp inside to say what number performance it is. It's really and got, well done. They're, they're releasing a book, a, a 70th um, anniversary oh, book yeah. about the play. So I've ordered it and I might get... I'll get George to sign that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Maybe we, if we go to London we can um, jump out at them when they come out. Okay. And get them to sign it. <laughs> um, anyway, it, it was cool. And thank, right, thank you to enough. everyone who, who left lovely comments on our photos and everything on social media. It was a very nice day. It was a lovely day. Thank you, everybody, for accommodating us. Um, okay, so quiz time, Gemma. Have you got a quiz ready for me this week? I do. Tis the beginning of the podcast. I've been told all. I have to. And I have not even mentioned this quiz yet. Okay, I've got a standing order. Quizzes. <laughs> 13th and 17th of March, and years ending in a 3 and an 8. And I sourced this from Coropedia, coronationstreet.fandom.com. And as always, all the mistakes are mine, uh, of which there are many probably. 13th of March, 1963, Elsie gets ratted on for subletting a room to Christine and suspects Val of, of doing it. Of doing the ratting. Yeah. But why does she accuse Val of being above herself? What does she think? What does she think Val's? So, uppity-tuppity. 
what what's Val done? I I don't know. I don't know this. Um, Why does she think Val's like, she's I, like I, you? You think you're better than the Val, are because because you're married to Ken Barlow. Yeah, because you're married to a teacher. Hey. I put that in because I'm married to a teacher, and do you, I do think you think, I'm think you're up than yourself. Yeah, you've been you've yeah. been to the theatre this week. I've got airs and graces. <laughs> And I open the door, I'm like, hello, I'm afraid the man of the house is at school. He's a schoolmaster, you know. Uh, 13th of March, 1968. Elsie is shocked and disbelieving that Dennis has, is married, but what's his wife's name? Oh, it's Jenny, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jenny. I knew you were going to do that. I, that's why I laughed. <laughs> I knew you can't say it without making that silly... I can talk about Jenny Connor without making the Glorious Girl reference. Weird, isn't it? But, yeah. okay, uh, it's because she was a massive hippie, the uh, Dennis's Jenny, just like the Forrest Gump Jenny. 14th of March, 1988. First appearance of which character who moves in with her sister? 1988? Oh, I said that. Character that moves in with her sister. Ooh. And... and- yeah. I think maybe Flick Khan. No. Oh, no, too early her sister's, for her. And her sister's husband, so moves in with a couple. Oh, mm, no, I'm not sure. Gina? No, that was too late for her. I don't know, you'll have to tell me. Gina Seddon. Oh, yeah, half mark. <laughs> no marks for that one. Oh, I knew it. 14th of March, 2003, Richard Hillman drives his car into the canal with the Platts. Does, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. What, 20 years ago. What was the song... The You and Me song. And who played it? The Wanna Dies. That's it, Is yeah. That one mark or two? What did you say it was? Wanna Dies. Uh, who played The You and Me song? Yes. Yeah? One mark or two? One. Oh, okay. Come on, it's easy. 14th of... I thought you might not know the band. Of course I do. Oh, yeah, you were a massive fan of... <laughs> I'm a massive fan of the Richard Hillman driving the plats into the canal scene. Who isn't? Da, 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 come on, da, come on. Next, next, da, next. Da, go, oh, go. Calm down. 14th of March, 2008. What happens to Gail on the fifth anniversary of Richard's death? What happens to her? Mm. Uh, uh. Believe it or not, things have happened to Gail. Not that you'd know it now. I don't know. Um, I'm, uh, can I... Can I that, that's a very vague no, question. Isn't. That's very... Uh, does she... Uh, I'm going to say maybe she gets um, a card from Richard. No, she gets pushed down the stairs by her oh, son, David. She does, doesn't she? After they argue oh, about Tina's abortion. That's an that's easy one really, as well. Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't know. Nothing significant. 15th of March, 1998. What is the name of Spider's girlfriend? Log. Emily Thwaite. hates having at her place. Yes, Log. Yes. You didn't think I'd get that surname, did no, you? No, I didn't. Um, the actress, Zoe Henry, is married to Jeff Hordley, who plays Kane Dingle in Emmerdale. Oh, there you go. Um, th- Did I think you know that, that? Well, yeah, I think that the actress who played Log was also in Emmerdale for a little bit as well. Yeah. I, I do believe. Yeah. 17th of March, 2008. This is your final qu- question. Okay. I'm doing it right. You've got to get four, this right. Four right, two wrong. Gail's unconscious in the hospital, so no one knows who pushed her. Who is suspected? Oh. I don't... I don't remember that at all. No, I didn't. Um, Jason Grimshaw. Yeah. What was it? How did you get that? I don't know. That's over. Um, there must have been. It must have been unlocked in a little bit of my brain there. I love that falling down the the stairs thing. I remember she left a mark. Yeah, a, sc- a scuff mark with her shoe, didn't she? It's quite violent, wasn't it? I've, I've forgotten that she was in hospital, unconscious. Well, what else do you expect and they to said, do? They said she might have brain damage. Brush herself down. 
And everyone's like, nah, should be fine. But I think it's kicking in now. I, I, just now? Yeah, just now. Blimey. It's been kicking right. in for a good long time. Birthdays? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite pleased with that quiz score. Thank you very much. What'd you get? I, I, got, I, I got five right and two wrong. 18th, uh, right, uh, birthdays. 19th of March, Lisa Lewis played Shirley Armitage. 20th of March, Paul Fox, who's Mark Redman V. And Natalie Gamidi played Kirsty Soames. <laughs> Lovely. R.I.P. Mm. I can't believe they killed her off. 21st of March, uh, Bruno Langley. He played Tom Grimshaw the first. 22nd of March, Christine Hargreaves. He played Christine Appleby. And the 23rd of March, Alan Browning. He played Alan Howard. Is that it? That is well, it. Happy birthday happy to birthday, those people. Happy birthday, birthdays. Yeah. Some people. Should we do Street Talk? Yes. Good idea. Okay, so on to this week's Street Talk then. I, I thought it was a bit of a mixed bag this week, Gemma, I have to say. Started off really, really strong. I thought that Monday's episode was really, really exciting with the with the kind of climax-ish to the uh, to the Justin and Daisy storyline. And then the Steven storyline took over and I'm still kind of flip-flopping about like how much I'm enjoying it. There's bits I am, bits I'm not. But um, I think with with Carla out of the way now, I think I maybe I'll enjoy it a little bit more. But um, yeah, so I, I, I'm going to have to see as we go on and talk about it today just just where the land lies and where I settle with my score on this one because I haven't quite decided it yet. What What are you thinking? Oh, I'm not going to tell you. It's a secret. Have you got any 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 inklings? I know everything. Okay, well we're going to be starting off with talking about that LS Steve storyline um, as uh, as the Lord of the Underworld is crowned. I did like that last shot in tonight's episode. It was with... very like film noir kind of yeah like gangstery sort of the boss at the end yeah the camera slowly oh. panning out of him pouring his whiskey and just being there surveying his land his kingdom yeah. yeah um so we'll talk about that one first and then um look who's stalking will definitely come next because there was some quite exciting stuff there um now we then we've just kind of got smaller stuff so we got the phase storyline and somehow managed to get third billing tonight phase face to face Falling it with Miley. And that's a new character that we get to meet this week. I'm sure we've got lots to say about her. Um, after that, we've got the Marco Yolo story, which was another highlight of Monday's episode for me. The uh, the meeting with Beth and Marco was quite fun. Um, we had a return of Jacob's dada, and I'm just going to keep on calling the storyline that, as long as it lasts, because whatever he's up to, that's what the storyline title is called. And alas, Evelyn does not have a storyline title, but she did appear for her birthday this week which was a lot of fun too. So I'm going to pass over to you, Stephen Reed's biggest fan. <laughs> true, um, true right, or not? No, hang on. I just want to quickly talk about Miley. Oh, go right, on. So, when, so how was she? Seven? Eight? Well. Right, no, no, no. In the show, yes. the, char- the fictional character is... I think seven. Right? Maybe eight. So here's my question. I can't remember. Where was Miley Cyrus at when she was named... Miley. I, I'm pretty. I, I'm pretty sure that was Miley pre? was named after Miley Cyrus. Oh yes, she was. Of course, she was. Oh. Miley's not a name. What? Miley's not a real name, is it? Sorry, Miley. Sorry, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Sorry, she, she any listener Miley's that are listening. <laughs> right. Probably not. Is, isn't many. it based on a nickname? Isn't it based on the word Smiley? But she couldn't say it properly. I really have got. I no don't idea. care. But was this pre it's or post? Was this pre or post Wrecking Ball? Oh yeah. And she because goes off the rails a bit. What was Faye thinking all this time? Was she, is this why she c- couldn't bear to see her daughter again? Because she's just deadly embarrassed that she named her her child. Because I assume I'm assuming, maybe I'm wrong, that she named her Miley when Miley Cyrus was still a cutesy little Disney girl. 
I'm not sure. It feels like Wrecking Ball was quite a long time ago. I know, but I mean, is it really an appropriate child's name considering all the things that she's gotten up to? I, I think Miley, that Faye, young say, Faye probably just thought she was being edgy. I'll give a shout out to Miley Cyrus. She does what she wants, but she's not child appropriate, is she? <laughs> Let's not pretend. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, okay, so... I quite like Miley Cyrus, but I wouldn't call... Wouldn't I wouldn't your kid after I wouldn't her. even call a goldfish Miley. <laughs> right, um, so... Anyway, on, if you're listening what, and your been... name's Miley, write in and tell me. What do you think? Also, I want to know, what does Miley, the character, think of her name? And and how come Jackson isn't like I would have I'm sorry I would just just it's a very musical kind of I family just that isn't their it name. Ja- Jackson that's a bit of a yeah Jackson, a bit of an every yeah. kind of musical kind of name depending on which what side you, of the fence that you sit there what could you quietly change her name to that's a bit like Miley it doesn't sort of disrespect her origins um <laughs> what's the name that sounds like Miley M- Miles Mylene. Mylene, yeah, Mylene Class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, she's that, a, she's, she's a, proper, a she's a she's a musician you take yeah. home to meet your mum, isn't she's it? Mylene Class, good last year's yeah, that one. Tinkle in the ivories away. Good, yeah, okay, right. So she's called Good Friend to Kim Marsh, I hear. Oh, well, there you go. Well, they right. were in hearsay together, weren't they? I don't know. Mylene really, Class. I really don't know who was in hearsay. Mylene. Kim. Kim. Yeah. How many people Danny. were in it? Oh, is it boys? No. Yes. What songs did they do? And another one. Humans H. Pure. No, humans. <laughs> anyway, right. Uh, Steve, on. right, on Monday, Carla tells Peter that she's looking into, um, she's she's nervous, she's looking up, because she's on the hook for this accident that she's, I'm not going to say caused, because it makes it sound like you sort of, you know, at the beginning of one of these adverts where you flick over a domino and then at the end of it, like, there's a car. Mm. with a marble that falls on it or something she didn't really cause an accident she was the accident <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she drove the car into Paul she gave Paul a sore hand and now Paul's got a funny hand so she's in trouble she's looking up because she didn't actually report this accident and she also wasn't insured and she's like you know what Peter this is looking quite serious I could actually go to prison for this that, that's kind of been notable by its absence this week hasn't it's it the, the Paul Hand storyline uh, she's already she's having a tough time of it so we'll just solve some other crimes it's been odd how um, yeah that there's been nothing on that and also the, the Amy and Aaron story completely fallen off a cliff didn't even get a mention this week I know what you said last week about them wanting to take their time and everything, but there's some very strange pacing with this kind of supposedly oh, okay, big issue sort of storyline. She wakes up the next day after being you know, molested by Hang Paul. On. Amy, yeah. What? Uh, Amy. Paul? Oh, sorry about Paul. Aaron. <laughs> God. Paul's like, I can't tell what my hand's doing. Sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> Alien hand syndrome. I love. Do it's you guys Carla's fault, everybody. Right, Sorry, does everybody Amy. know what alien hand syndrome is? Because this is me and my mum's favourite thing. We used to watch these un, like unsolved mysteries and all those kind of spooky programs on Sky when, when I was a kid. And one of them was called Alien Hand Syndrome. I and I'm sure this. I don't know if people were making it up, but basically, one of their hands <laughs> would do the opposite of what they wanted it to do, or like, say you'd be talking to someone and the hand would just slap them around the face, or there was a lady, oh, there was like a reenactment of this lady trying to like get dressed and she was doing her shirt up, and her other hand was coming underneath and just doing undoing all the buttons. <laughs> oh my gosh, that that's how you turn around the Paul Hand story, like, by it making alien it hand alien syndrome. hand syndrome. I love but it. No, sorry, after Aaron 
um, molested Amy. He's not molested, he raped her. I know, I just don't want to say the word. I know, I this is what I said to you, this is what I said yet. to you. I said it last week, didn't I? Yeah. It's um, one of those words. But there's been nothing, nothing at all this week. Well, no, there isn't. Really bizarre. We could talk about everything that hasn't happened this week, but we should also probably talk about what did. Okay. So, Stephen gets some more, gets a call from Rufus, and um, Carla's been uh, getting a doctor's appointment. Stephen and Rufus meet up, back around the, in the back of Underworld after dark, and Stephen buys some LSD. Yes, he does. What are you looking at? <laughs> I'm just looking. Sorry, I just got a text message from lovely George Banks. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, whoa, whoa. Sorry. Oh, me, me and the podcast listeners will just wait for you yeah. and your celebrity friend. Go, right. go carry Wednesday, on. Wednesday, Carla is uh, worriedly looking at these websites because now she's also, remember, she was uninsured. And Peter's like, we've got to go to the doctors today. But uh, she, Peter, no, she's like, I don't need a doctor. I need a lawyer. Meanwhile... Sarah. Well, you know, Adam and um, Dee Dee are crying out for people to take them on, aren't they? What's, no, what's... they can't. Don't forget, because Paul is, has been has instructed Dee Dee, so oh, it would be yes. a conflict of interest. Yes, you're right. Yes. So meanwhile, Sarah is... Oh my God, Sarah is turning into <laughs> the dopiest, silly... What do you mean she's been outrageous? I know, but she gets worse, doesn't she? She's uh, trying to look up so cool American funny. phrases that she could drop into conversation. As though... Even though the clients aren't even American. Well, the no, people that she's speaking to, they though... just represent an American company. It wasn't just, you know, it wasn't Americanisms coming out of our mouths <laughs> every day. I also don't really... Like, it's one of those things that's like... That's just... I'd never heard of this Monday morning really? quarterback thing. No. I thought it was a fairly common so phrase. So it's a kind of... So... But it's not a phrase that we need in this country. That's the other thing I just want to say. It, does, it doesn't have any bearing. We don't mm. watch American football. It was almost kind of Jonathan Harvey-esque because he likes to put like yeah, running jokes throughout episodes and, and this just kept being dropped in throughout the Wednesday's episode. But um, I just thought it was hilarious when the, the meeting was going ahead and Sarah tries to... She starts to try using it and gets completely talked over by... <laughs> oh. oh, I was gonna say it. <laughs> oh so, wow! Um, and then, and then, I think I don't even know if this was supposed to be a joke, but um, Stephen comes out and he says in, in one sentence about three different Americanisms, just off like one after the other, <laughs> and she didn't even notice. Anyway, at the doctor's, Carla is talking. He's talking. She's talking to Doctor Gavis. I know Doctor Gavis got Wednesday and Friday episode appearance this yeah. week. So she's That's like, be I'm, worth some points. I'm fine, I'm fine. And Peter's like, no, she's not fine. She's really stressed out. And this insurance claim thing's hanging over. And Carla says, "This my psychosis has come back uh, three times now, but it feels different from when I had it before. It doesn't feel like the same thing. And Dr. DeGala says, have some diazepam and uh, try to relax. Great, thank you. Uh, Stephen sees Carla in the street later and offers to take the lead in the meeting. She's like, no, I don't think so. Um, so the nipper snapper meeting starts and at the beginning of this scene, um, Sarah and, and Stephen are like shaking the hands of these two, uh, new clients and it looked like one of those stock uh, videos of like business meeting, <laughs> shake your hand, shake, shake hand, shake, shake, shake. So they have a bit of banter. It's Carla, Stephen, Sarah and the two yeah. American clients who aren't from America and I wonder whether they just decided, look, we can't have any more Americans in the show because people are going to get mad. Well, you already had, you know, we had Miley and exactly. Stephen together in this That's episode, I mean. didn't we, as our Canadian representatives. People get very weird about that kind of stuff. 
So she's what? I just was going to say Carla was great. She was bang on form, just undermining Stephen left, right, and centre, wasn't she? Stephen, go make some tea for me and everyone else. So he goes off to make the tea, and uh, Michael's standing outside. He's kind of he's kind of molesting a a, a mannequin wearing knickers because he really wants to go into the meeting because he's the guy that came up with such amazing I know <laughs> uh, slogans as troublemaker and whatever the other thing is <laughs> trouble solver or I don't know <laughs> so it's so um, catchy and memorable <laughs> <laughs> Stephen go, goes to make the tea, uh, tea obviously he puts LSD into Carla's mug obviously remembers <laughs> she, she's like I, I always forget to put LSD in Carla's tea but that's how she takes it these days <laughs> it's a danger mug it's red yeah he's learnt the lessons from the last time when everybody's tea was in the same white mug he's like right I'm going to put yeah red danger red, mug danger Carla yeah um, also one of our favourite colours yeah Back in the day. Don't know if she still likes it now. Um, Sally interrupts him a bit and then he gets annoyed and squirts even more LSD in there. I was like, I was a bit disappointed by the quality of Carla's hallucinations on Wednesday's episode. She didn't episode. have any melty faces. No. See, I mean, when Stephen had it, and yeah. he, he did give, that he had quite a strong dose. Maybe she's, Carla's building up an immunity to it or something. I don't this know. Was, what? And, and that was Stephen's first time. But yeah, he was seeing all sorts, wasn't he? He was saying murder victims coming back from the dead, transforming pe- um, portraits. He was seeing rainbow colours and everything. And Carla just got a bit of a camera jitter today. I, on Wednesday, I was yeah. a bit annoyed uh, and I think that Coronation Street needs to apologise and show a balanced view of LSD because I think they're starting to stigmatise it. I think <laughs> they're just they're giving uh, illegal drugs a bad name yeah. because both Carla and Stephen have had bad trips but neither of them have said anything like it's opened my mind to the oneness of the universe. <laughs> just imagine that. <laughs> imagine if Carla's like... It doesn't even matter if we sell any more knickers because there's no difference between me and you and the chair and the plants and the trees and the birds. I'm going to buy a cat. Carla just needs to have some kind of revelation while she's high on LSD. Like, exactly. N- now, no, no, like now I know how to avoid getting being you know one sale away from I know what we should do. Stop trying to sell T-shirts and go back to selling knickers. Maybe she's like, why, why do we have a knicker factory? She's like, I'm Nobody having, makes fabrics I'm in having the an existential anymore. crisis. <laughs> I don't think I'm, my, my existence makes no sense. She's like, we, we should go into like coding and apps. Yeah, we should, we should. No, we should make vapes. <laughs> yeah, just imagine that. <laughs> Underworld Can vapes. Can you imagine how, how mad, how many people would complain to Ofsted? And, Ofsted? Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Ofcom. Ofcom. And, um... <laughs> Probably a few people go to to Ofsted just confused. Maybe. Anyway, so um, Carla Carla realizes that life is just a dream, and uh, ultimately fleeting and pointless. Mm. In the middle of a business meeting, which is not the best place to have it, is it? <laughs> Carl, Stephen and Sarah are um, this this kind of happens right at the end of the meeting. She kind of slumped in a in a sad heap. Yeah, it was it was quite a transformation, wasn't it? Considering how she was firing on all cylinders yeah. up until this point, and and then as soon as she slurps her tea, she's there kind of all Whoa. hunched over, and yeah, the camera's well, no, all it shaking. It takes a while and... for it to, to kick in. It's by the end of the meeting, she's mm. gone. And uh, Stephen's like, sorry about her. She's had some personal issues. And Carl's like, what? Remind me why you're here for again? 
And they're like, ha, 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 ha. And Sarah should have been like, oh, it's just one of those English things that we say. You wouldn't understand because you're American. And they're like, we are English. We're English too. So they he sh- sh- gets thrown out and uh, um, Michael jumps out and he's like, oh, I did it. It's me. And they're like, well done. Great ideas. And everybody celebrates because they've got an American distributor. Hooray. And they're all drinking. And um, Stephen says... See, this is the thing, right? Stephen, I said this, Stephen's the best boss that Underworld's ever had. He is. I'm gonna say no. Why? Yeah, okay, he's drugged people. Yeah, okay, he's murdered somebody. What's he done to be a best boss? He's nice to the workers. That's because he's trying to get something, you know, he's trying to be nefarious and sneaky. No, no, you're, you're confusing. You're confusing being a villain with being a boss, right? Yes, bosses are nice to you because you work for them and that you'll do it. They're do you're doing something for them. But you wouldn't know that by the way they ever get treated by anybody else on the show. Mm. He he gave Michael his card to go to the pub. He's he's treated him loads of times. He's let him get get um finish work early. He's not. He's really. If you actually just ignore all the other stuff, yes, I know. But if you actually look at how he interacts with people and what he actually does, well, whatever the reason for it is. Whether it's selfishness or whatever, because he wants for you to like him, I don't care. He's still really nice to everybody. Excuse me, what about lovely Johnny? Yeah, yeah but Johnny, weren't we talking about him in the strike video when he told everyone off because they were watching a movie? Yeah, well, Stephen probably would do as well. Sorry, Johnny was the loveliest boss of Underworld. That well, is not going to be changed. Now. He's dead. Well, I don't think Stephen's going to be alive <laughs> and kicking by this time next year. I'm going to make that... Um, oh, good prediction. Well, you know. So, they all... See, he gives them champagne. It's actually champagne as well. It's not Prosecco or anything. So, he tells them all, Carla's mind's not on the job. It's a mental health issue, but hopefully she'll get on top of it before um, they all basically lose their jobs because she's in charge and she's also useless. Here's my question. In... The UK will often have celebration drinks which are Prosecco. Yes. What do you have in America that's like knockoff champagne? I don't do you, know. Do you guys have I, Prosecco I've got no as well? To this. What do you guys have? I just have, I don't know. What do they beer have? Beer in red cups. Well, they had red cups at the um, thing, which I thought was weird because we don't normally have those in this country. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Um, Carla wanders into the celebration drinks and she's looking the worst for wear and she's like, why are you all whispering about me? You're talking about me behind my back. Everyone get out. And um, Stephen's patronising her. The factory girl's looking on. They all pack up to leave and talk about how worried they are. And Stephen goes to the, sends them off to the pub with his card uh, to get drinks. And he stays behind. Um, Sally goes to the cab office to tell Peter that Carla's relapsed. And so he rushes to, back to the factory. She's sitting on the floor with her shaky cam. And she doesn't want to call an ambulance. She's she's just struggling, and uh, but she thinks it's going to pass. So he walks her back to the flat, and Rufus happens to see this, and um, Stephen's accompanying them together, and immediately he puts it all together. He looks very suspicious. Yeah, another another lovely curry coincidence there. That just as uh, as Carla's tottering back to the to the flat, Rufus is. Just happens to be there. Carla continues to freak out in the in the flat. She's like, everything's moving. I don't like it here. I've got to go. She's trying to push her way out. And uh, Peter again is like, we need to take her to the hospital. And Steve's like, no, no. Because obviously he doesn't want her to have any tests done because it will sharpen her blood. 
Um, Peter thanks him for being uh, being there today and says, I'm going to make sure that she doesn't go to the factory. And Stephen then lays it on really thick and says, oh no, Carla's brilliant. We need her. Don't, don't let her stay home too long. She's a genius. She's wonderful. All the success of the factory is just down to her. And so he's got his alibi then for not being an ass. <laughs> so this, I mean, at, at times, this I, it felt like this was just you know going on a bit of a loop. You know, Carla gets some LSD. Yeah. She goes a bit crazy. Is there an excuse for her? what's the excuse going to be this time for her not to go to the hospital? You know, it, it just. I'm just going to say mm. one thing here, and that is that if you're having a mental health crisis, it's not necessarily. A&E is not necessarily the place for you to go. I don't know what they could do for her there. Yeah, but in I mean... In particular. Yeah, I'm glad... I'm, well, yeah, I know. They I think know. she's got psychosis. So there's nothing that they could do at hospital mm. that, that's going to make any difference. It, I mean, they it's not like they don't know what's wrong with her. They're wrong about what's wrong with her. Yeah. But they think that they know. And I honestly think that there would be... A, it would be actually a bad idea to take her to hospital. Because... She could get into all kinds of trouble if yeah. she's running around and. It, it just... Do you want her? I mean, the thing is, like, if she was, if she got confused and she started moving around and like getting confused and shouting at people, they might even have to like. Sedate her. Yeah, it's not going to be a good idea, is it? I just think it was. It's very odd how she's flicking back between you know having relapses like this and then being absolutely fine and 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 that. I don't know. I just don't, I think that people might start to notice. Hang on, why is she, why is she being like this? Why is well, they think they know. What do you mean? I know. I mean, I don't I, know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think this is that suspicious. Okay. Really, okay. the only thing that's suspicious is that they haven't just done a routine blood test mm. and gone. I'm just going to make sure that everything like Ooh, there's a bit of LSD in here. Yeah, you. Do, I mean, I don't know why they haven't done that, but the story says that they didn't, so they they haven't. We're just going to have to all deal with it, aren't we? <laughs> so uh Stephen goes to the bar while the rovers and they're all talking about oh poor Carla we really need her to fire on all cylinders so she should stay away to recuperate and then Sarah comes into the pub with Rufus and and he hears that Stephen made the tea for Carla earlier and he's like hmm so he takes Stephen to one side and hang says hang on a minute I've got to figure out what's I been know. going on here then I know what you've been up to or I think you've been uh, spiking her with LSD what I've been selling you and Steam's like no it's just mental psychosis and Rue's like I know what you've been getting up to and I'm going to make sure that you give me money otherwise I'm going to go and tell everyone and Steve's like no <laughs> no you're making it up and he's like oh I know then I know I'm right and Stephen says if you go and tell everyone I'm going to tell everyone about your wife and your escorts and he's like I don't even care anymore because my wife's left me, so I can't lose nothing now, can Animation I? Animation Street really is a programme of classic northern folk, isn't it? <laughs> As you can tell <laughs> and from great the, accents. the battle of the accents. I wanted to do Rufus's accent because I don't want anyone to accuse us of taking the mick out of people um, for just doing northern accents. Mm. Yeah. But there's not very many well, opportunities. Rufus is just my Danny Dyer, really. Not very many opportunities for us to do Southern accents on the show. So no. when there is one, we'll make sure that we do that one too. 
Um, so. So Rufus has got Stephen. I want another drink, and that's yeah. just for starters. And then little bit of blackmail. Who knows going what else on. he's got? Out he doesn't then. show up on Friday's episode. No. So Friday, it's, it's, Carla's having a miserable morning. Peter wants to call Doctor Gaddis, and Carla doesn't see the point. She wants to figure it out for herself. She feels fine now. She doesn't understand why she's. This is coming on and going away. And then she goes back into work, and Stephen's like, "What are you doing here?" And she says, "Don't worry about it. I'm not going home. I know what I'm doing. I'm okay now." And the workers are all like, oh gosh, I don't know what to say about, about this. And, and they're all being awkward. And she goes to make, Carla goes to make the tea for everybody. And they kind of make fun of her a bit, like she doesn't know how to make tea. And then she drops the mug on the floor. So they were right, really. Yeah. Didn't know how to make toast. No wonder they thought it was her that set the flat on fire yeah. later in the episode. Like, oh, there you go. Carla's burnt the toast. Well, Typical Carla. Not only Carla. did she break the teacup, but she also managed to cut her... Her hands. What the hell was she doing? Yeah, I, I wondered about that. And there wasn't particularly both, any need for her to cut her hands. I wondered whether there'd be a, a little bit of LSD still lingering on the mug and it gets into her bloodstream through her finger or something. But I didn't go down works, that route. I mean, I, we've both broken plenty of mugs in our time. We've never cut ourselves on them. No. Right, so Peter comes around to see if she's okay. And she's all upset. She can't even make a cup of tea. Oh, she, maybe I should, should go to the doctors. And then somehow... Oh, yeah. Stephen spies on the table her house keys and he covers them up with it with a folder so they don't see them and Peter takes Carla home. Never mind, they just leave all the bloody tissues. All I'm not saying bloody tissues, <laughs> literally tissues with blood. I know Carla's blood all over the table and he's like, Oh well, I'll just clear this I up then. She's having I? a bit of an episode, but you, you don't, don't leave just your leave bloody tissues all over not the at place. Work. <laughs> no. No. So um Gaddis, they go to see Dr. Gaddis and she says, well, I'm going to I'm gonna have to refer you to uh, do a psychiatric referral. But it's going to take a long time. It's going to take months. But you could, you could go private. And Carla's like, no, no, no. Why should I get treated before anyone else? And she's been very socialist about it for about five minutes. And then well, Peter's the still the got episode, this watch money that's burning a hole in, in his pocket, hasn't taxi. he? Very convenient. Well, they, they also need to bear in mind, they need the money to pay off the... Um, the legal fees. Legal fees. And the other thing, too, is that not that long ago, they were both acting like paupers. Mm. And now they've got their new flat set, they think they're rich. <laughs> yeah. Why are they living above the, the taxi uh, c- company if they're that loaded? Very. Well, that, mm, yeah. It's a nice flat, but it really doesn't look like it belongs above the factory, uh, the taxi firm. It looks like it belongs in Victoria Court. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, so, Gaddis is like, okay, well, don't go to work anymore. And get back on your antipsychotic medication. So later on, Peter sees Stephen and tells him everything. And Carla's on her diazepam and uh, she's gone to sleep and having a nap. And he goes to the pharmacy to get some more medicine. Um, not before asking Roy to look after, just to check on her. Meanwhile, Stephen, who's got the keys from earlier sneaks into the flat and looks at Carla while she's asleep. What does he get up to? We find out when Roy lets himself in and finds there's toast just burning. He's like, am I having a stroke? No, there's actually toast burning. So he quickly uh, puts it out with a wet tea towel and uh, Carla comes out of the bedroom. I mean, she could have rescued herself then, couldn't she? Yeah. Uh, also, smoke alarms not working. They need to sort that out. Yeah. Um, Maybe... Yeah, why why weren't the smoke alarms working? Good they need question. to get that. I mean, I'm surprised that Roy didn't lecture her about that. Really, 
Um, so back at the factory, Stephen is talking to Sarah about Carla and he's getting a bit worried about her and, and it's like, oh, maybe we should make some changes around here. And uh, Sean and Izzy are literally standing there with their mouths open listening to this while Sarah sends them off. Um, back at the flat, Carla's very confused because she doesn't remember putting the grill on and, and Roy's like, um, well, don't worry, everything's fine. And she takes his hand, she's sad, she feels just devastated. When Peter comes back, um, Carla breaks down in tears. She realises that this has gone too far. She's a danger to them, she's a danger to herself. She really needs some help. Um, later on, Sean and Izzy come in and tell Stephen that everyone in the factory thinks that he and Sarah should run the run it from now on, and he's very touched. And then Sarah comes in, but she doesn't. He doesn't tell her about this for no, some reason. No, I did. I, it, she probably finds out. She's gonna find out. It was odd that he was seeming to keep it from her when. He, well, he's now thinking. Well, I'm in charge. How am I gonna get rid of this idiot? Yeah. So, um, Stephen, look. Oh, hang on. Um. Peter and Carla get into a taxi to take her to a clinic and she hugs Roy. It's very sweet. Lots of really sweet Carla and Roy scenes. There was a really nice bit when, when Roy's there in the flat and she kind of reaches her hand out and he and he, yeah. he, he takes it. it yeah. Sweet. So they've obviously decided now that she's going to go private mm. to sort this out because she's just not coping. Um, and cut to Stephen sitting like the Lord, as you say, of the underworld. Mm. At the head of the table, with a light backlight behind him, drinking his neat whiskey or whatever it is, probably bourbon, and uh, enjoying his his sweet victory over over Carla. Yeah, good for him. So I don't know how long Carla's out of the picture for now. Oh no, I I guess I, I'm kind I mean, of hoping it's for a while. I really think though, as soon as she gets to a clinic, she's just going to be tested. Because if I was, a, if you, it's one thing, uh, like the, your GP or A&E or whatever, not not checking you to see if you've got LSD. But if you run a mental health facility, knowing that some people probably self-medicate or that mental health issues can be caused by or worsened by illegal drugs, you probably would test people just to see what's going on. Yeah, but the way they kind of had the shot done at the end of the episode it did kind of feel like a say goodbye to Carla we won't be seeing her for a little bit it really didn't it? did yeah um so that Stephen can get up to his little nefarious business deals in the factory uninterrupted and I kind of hope for for his sake well for our sakes as viewers that that is the case sake, yeah, yeah for entertainment factor because uh, as fun as the LSD saga has been, it, it has it been getting a little bit repetitive. When Carla started having her episode on Wednesday's show, I was like, "Oh, okay, it's not, it's not going to top Stephen on drugs, though, is it?" And and it didn't. It just felt a little bit too samey. So I'm glad that she's gone. But there is still the issue of Rufus, isn't there? Um, so it's not completely out of the picture. But yeah, St- Stephen's in charge of Underworld, and I just, I don't. I don't know what he wants to do now. Yes, he's got everything he wanted, hasn't he? But now he's got another problem because Rufus is uh, targeting him. So he's going to have to get rid of Rufus. So Rufus going to die. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, quite possibly. The, I mean, the, Elaine's uh, breathing a sigh of relief at the moment. When Rufus told him, you can't, black, you can't blackmail me because I, my wife and kids have left me, he unwittingly also told him, no one's going to miss me if you kill me. For a while. Oh, did he? Yeah, of course he did. Oh, okay, I, I missed that. No, he, what do you mean? What? 
he didn't really say that to him. Oh, okay. But by saying that, he uh, to a to he a might murderer. Have lots of friends. I'm sure he's a very popular person. Very sociable. Do you think? Yeah. What? So you really thought thought that you missed a scene where Rufus went? By the way, just well, sometimes in case, people say things like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess don't know. Curry, they do. I, I missed quite a bit of Wednesday's episode. Rufus, I was a little bit tired when we watched that episode. A bit grumpy as well. Um, yeah, you really were. Uh, yeah. So I. It's because you had a nap. Aren't they in a bit of a stalemate at the moment? No, Peter's not. Uh, so Stephen doesn't really have. What do you mean? Steve, Stephen can dob Lu, uh, Rufus in for being a drugs dealer. Rufus can dob Stephen no, in. No, it's not going to work like that. So with that, I, I think that there is not going to work, mate. Yeah, you do, but I don't think that Rufus and Stephen see it that way. I just like it to go quiet for a little bit and see well what is underworld like with Stephen. I think in it's going to go from strength to strength, honestly. How do you mean? Because he's a good boss. Mm. I just... They they can't keep up Let's this pace of murderings. They need to slow it down a bit. Yeah, I agree with that. But, I mean, he, Stephen's run businesses. I don't know what happened to him and why he ended up in debt with, um, Gabrielle. with Gabrielle and stuff. But he's run businesses for years. It's yeah, not like he, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, he, he can use and, spreadsheets you know, and everything. He, knows, he saw what Carla was doing sums wrong. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I, I, the, the, my problem with it maybe is that with Carla going to this clinic, she's we've seen numerous times now, well, three, four times, that as soon as the effects of the LSD wear off, she is literally back to normal. No, I think this... So by the time they get her to the clinic, she's like, oh, I'm fine, I can I go fine. home now? No, I think that the fear of, um, of a relapse is causing her anxiety. Do you think she's, like, properly cracked now? I didn't say that, but I think that she's... Um really at a a bit of a dark time and it's i think it's going to take a while for her to trust herself which is really sad Mm. because obviously there's nothing actually wrong with her well one of the things that it says about lsd on the frank website Mm -hmm. is that if you if you have mental health issues it could make them worse so maybe it has just triggered something a little bit more long term yeah. now but I, I don't know I wasn't necessarily getting what's the difference between this particular one and the ones we've seen before but what do you mean for, this one th- this 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 you know breakdown no, I don't know. In, in the previous ones but well, because she thought she was fine and this has come out of nowhere because she didn't feel stressed at all she I mean if anything I would be worried because I'd be thinking well I know what happened last time mm. but I guess maybe she must be thinking well I'm all worried about this this accident. Yeah. I mean, that's not from that from that perspective. I guess it does does feel like yeah. I guess it's explainable why she's having this issue. But she's always lurching from disaster to disaster. <laughs> so yeah, she's she's worried for that reason. How did you find um, the the Stephen creeping about in Carla's flat scene? <laughs> Any kind of. Any anxiety that he might be blooding no. her to death? No. no. I was like, oh, what's he going to... Is he going to put more stuff in a glass or, like, put some LSD in something? He doesn't um, want Peter to risk no, ingesting I know, but it, though, does he? I bet, you, I bet you she's got all kind of weird smoothies and things in the in the fridge. Could stick it on her lipstick, couldn't they? Could you? Could you? I don't know. I don't yeah, know, stir maybe. it into her, um, her uh, Vaseline. Yeah, just you can put it in whatever drink in the flat you want as long as you don't put it in the orange juice because that seems yeah. to be what Peter lives on. He could, could put it in all the alcohol. Yeah, very true. And then if Peter has it, it's his own fault, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I found that 
you know, part of the problem, unfortunately, that I had is that I saw a picture before Friday's episode of Stephen sneaking about in Carla's flat. So I was prepared for it to happen. But it didn't feel like, you know, Carla was any in any immediate danger. It was a little bit like what I was saying with Justin and Daisy last week. Yes, there's the supposed threat there, but they, they felt pretty safe. It wasn't it wasn't the time for anything bad to happen to her. Um, it And I don't know, maybe like the direction could have been a little bit more noir I don't know, it, it just, it didn't quite do it for me. Um, it did remind me, unfortunately, maybe not in a good way, of the Richard Hillman stuff, because there was that episode where he set fire to Audrey's house, didn't he? He, he left the gas on while mm. Audrey was asleep and she was being gaslit and everything like that. But it, it, it didn't, it didn't have the same. Didn't that didn't didn't work in quite the same way. I mean, Audrey was kind of on to Richard at that point. Carla's not suspicious of Stephen. The, the characters in that story were, were were more enjoyable to me. So unfortunately, the the comparison just doesn't work in in this particular storyline's favour. But it it was okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm kind of glad that Carla's out of the picture now because she's just been a. Just been a little bit miserable, hasn't she? Yep. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it. It, it doesn't necessarily even. I mean, the, the storyline could go on pause for a little bit now, couldn't it? It's yep. like Stevens. Stevens got what he wants. Let's park it for a little bit and get get something else going on. Let's get this nipper snapper order out. Yeah. So um, okay. So let's move on to the Luku stalking storyline then. And as I said, Monday's episode absolutely fantastic there. But unfortunately, come Wednesday and Friday, it just felt like it was it was there to show its face and have a few things happen just to get up the episode count. Weren't for you it. worried on Friday? I was on the edge of my seat. What about? Oh my God, Tracy He's can't do be a bridesmaid. <laughs> well, Monday certainly more than made up for any um, shortcomings that Wednesday and Friday had in this storyline because this is where uh, we, we ended up with Justin being arrested. And um, it starts off on Monday morning with Daisy not wanting to talk to Jenny about Daniel, the wedding. Remember, they had that big fallout this week and, and Daisy's just like, she's still kind of processing it all. She just wants to stay in bed all day. Meanwhile, Daniel's back at number one similarly maudlin with Adam, who's doing his best to reassure him that everything's going to be okay. You just need to be supportive to Daisy, Daniel. And, and and Daniel's not been doing a brilliant job of that, has he? No, not particularly. Um, although, you know, Ryan on Wednesday, oh. he seems to be doing a bit more of a better job. Anyway, um, Daniel says, yeah, but I would have asked you to be the best man, Adam, and everything, so this is a bit rubbish. So, um... Yeah, Ryan is uh, kind of inserts himself into this storyline on Monday's episode where he comes into the pub, lends a bit of a sympathetic ear to Daisy, and she just starts opening up to him. Despite, you know, they do mention on Wednesday's episode what happened between the two of them a couple of summers ago, didn't they? But yeah. she, you know, it's a bit of bygones be bygones case here. And uh, she says, look, I just want everyone to leave me alone about it. I, I don't need to be talking about all this it's just, it's, it's fine. So anyway, Daniel then shows up, apologises, and she accepts. And she says, yes, of course I want to marry you. So that was a, that was a, the shortest falling out ever. No, it wasn't. Okay. Ne words. Nearly. I mean, they had, I suppose, a weekend in, in between, didn't they? Mm. But anyway, she does want to marry him, but just not right away. Maybe they should postpone the wedding, get this Justin thing sorted first. Speak of the devil, Justin sees Daisy outside the shop later and he's just come from his mum's funeral. I, I, I always keep forgetting that his mum's dead. 
yeah. it's very, very handy to keep this... the plot moving along. Like, oh, yeah. It's outside Poor Des, guy. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He comes around the corner and uh, and he's like, oh, can you come with me to the wick? Does it call every, me? Every time, like, he's just completely oblivious to the... Va- Is he like... He's just hoping that one of these times she'll be like, yeah, go on then. Now, I don't really know about the psychology of people who stalk. Hmm. Um, but... I didn't realise, I don't know how realistic this is. I think they, they, they work with charities and stuff and I, I don't know how much of this is fictional, uh, you know, added more excitement or, or, or whatever, but he just doesn't... He just doesn't get it, does he? He, he, lives, he doesn't hear anything she says. There are times when I think that he's properly scheming. Yeah, because I always thought that the stalkers knew that they, and they got off on... Mm. Making you miserable. And screwing you up, yeah. But he, he literally just seems to be he's... oblivious to the fact that she's not interested. And she's like, I, do, I don't want anything to do with well, you. How can I get you to, to listen? And, some, and most of the times he does it. Like, is he pretending when he's acting stupid? Well, sometimes he gets mad, doesn't yeah. he? When she's like, leave me alone. And well, this exactly, time, yeah. it's, it's finally, she's, this is when she's remembered, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm famous. I'm, I'm famous on the internet. And she whips out her phone and starts live streaming him. It's like, go on, what do you want to say? And he, he gets all panicky here because, you know, the whole world is now going to know what a bit of a creep he is. Including Jenny, who's there getting a notification on her phone in the pub, sees, sees what's going on. She rushes out onto the street and there's just like a gathering of characters kind of tangentially related to the storyline that are all, all, all there to support her. So Ryan was there. Yasmin was there. Um, load of others and uh, and Justin ends up um, being a little bit overwhelmed by this gets into his car and drives off with Daisy like going ah, ah, as he as he heads off down the cobbles um, and then we get new character alert Justin's sister called Karen they all they all retreat to the pub don't they yeah. and then this woman comes in this really kind of tear stained face mousy looking woman wearing black yeah she's obviously just come back from the funeral as well and um, she's like she she she's seen the video as well. Um, Do you think she follows Daisy? Maybe she does. She she and, wants tips. About yeah, and how she's to do like, oh, I'm really sorry. Um, yeah, this isn't the first time that Justin's done this. To uh, you, you need to be just just watch your backs. Really, he can be really dangerous when he gets obsessed with people. Yeah, you you don't know what he's gonna do next. Um, so I thought this was a nice little twist. I didn't. I don't know whether he'd mentioned that he had a sister before, but I certainly wasn't expecting her to show up on uh, Monday. And with her talking about this, and she 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 goes into the back and says about how he would, um, you know, he was a bit. Um, well, when they were kids, when they were yeah. He was wild and he'd have tantrums. Yeah, he'd have his and... screaming abdabs and everything. And, and and there was another girl who Justin was obsessed with as well. And um, she ended up with a black eye after an argument in the park and all that kind of stuff. And it, this this was what I needed, I think, to make me think, okay, so Justin, Justin really is capable of doing something a little bit dangerous violent, now yeah. and violent. Because even last week when I was complaining about him letting himself into number one and... So I don't, I don't really feel fear for Daisy's safety. Getting this extra story about he's done this in the past and been very violent. That this, this was just what I needed. It reminded me a little bit in a way of, um, you know, Carmel Finn and the the naughty nanny who um oh, went after nanny. Martin Platt in the early nineties, and then um she got pushed down the stairs by Gail. Yeah, and uh, and then it turned that out was... that she had also had a history of obsessing over some guy over in Ireland. I mean, that was the end of the storyline. I'd just and... be offended. I'd be like, what? I thought it was special. <laughs> that was the end of the storyline when we find out that, no, she's 
you know, really got mental health issues, but this is just is helping to build to, to hopefully some See, kind of uh, some climax. I mean, this is where you're going to get people jumping in and going, oh, I see. Oh, so this woman, she was treated with kid gloves and everyone said she was mentally ill, but if the man does it, you know, he's the villain. <laughs> but, I, you know, Carmel was also a villain, wasn't she? Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. She, she definitely wasn't treated sympathetically. No. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this character. I don't know whether we're going to see her again. Uh, no, oh, Karen. I don't know. Yeah, sorry, Karen. Karen the... Right, yes. Yeah, Karen the mousy Scott. Maybe she'll turn she just up was Justin's like, funeral. Yeah, so she just was brilliantly timid and scared and like her nervousness I mean, really rubbed off and, and yeah, made me feel nervous too. Justin's also kind of nervy and uh, timid-esque when he's not alone with Daisy. Yeah, yeah. When he's there alone with her, he's got a little bit more confidence, hasn't he? Because well, he thinks, thinks he can bully he can, her. Yeah, exactly. Well, he thinks that he can talk her around into into marrying him or whatever. Right. So um, anyway, um, Yasmin's chatting with Jenny. Hang like, on, hang on. No, what? no, no. Um, Justin said that this woman, he had a black eye. It was an accident. Nobody could get out of her. What oh, yeah. actually happened? And then one of her mate's boyfriends ends up decking him, and then mm. that's when it all stops. Yeah, yeah. So that's all. That's all Justin needs. Somebody give him yeah, a good pop decks on the nose. Him, and then he turns up with a blimmin' oh, yeah, uh, neck, neck bracing brace court. Yeah, he's uh, he's obviously learned that. Yeah. Keep on going. Yasmin. And the chips are down. Yasmin is, is there at all? interesting to have her involved in it. I don't, I'm not expecting Yasmin to necessarily play a huge part in this, but well, um, yeah, she's like, is, oh, I also had you know, problems sense. with him, with a man. And if anybody wants to include me in a, in a good storyline that doesn't involve speed dial and money laundering and, and stew, I'd really kids. like to be in this storyline, guys. She goes, hey guys, I'm sick of Anya. Can I be in this story? <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, you can't. You've got to go back. I don't blame her. You know, if I was Jasmine, I'd want to be in this storyline. I'd be line. sick of it. Clearly, clearly the better story. Um, anyway, so back at number one later, Daniel's telling Daisy that... Um, Maybe we should take this information to the police now we know a little bit more about Justin. I would have thought that the police should already know this. I don't know what the deal is, but Scotland and England, um, I would assume, have different... I would have thought that they would share something. I don't know that they would do. You know, and, and also... What else do you think Scotland Yard is for? <laughs> also, they would have to have requested this information... And they wouldn't know to do that. Mm, yeah, I don't I think they so. spend all their time just checking in with everybody else to see. I, I think that I do know from personal experience that some things are very separate between Scotland and England. And some things are just the same. So I'm just going to give them a break here and say the Scottish police are like, I don't know what you're talking about. We're not going to give you anything. <laughs> okay, fine. Go back, go back to your own country. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Daisy's like, I, d- I don't think the police... I don't think the police are very good. I think, you know, <laughs> poor Jess again. Once again, we, we have a week where Jess, the only police officer that actually seemed to give a damn about Daisy, is nowhere to be she, seen Jess here. is like, oh, look, here's my number. And I'm like, not you. You're not helping us. We want a man. <laughs> um, Daisy's like, oh, I, I need, I need to is. sort this out myself. And Daniel's like, fine, what's the plan? So... Daisy's plan is to meet with Justin in Victoria Gardens and act all kind of sorry. Says, oh, sorry about your mum and everything, but you need to to listen to me. Now, just just 30 seconds of proper listening. Don't interrupt me. Is this <laughs> you what can't you do manage it, can you? At the beginning of every, cl- every class. <laughs> no, that's what I should do at the beginning proper of every podcast. Everybody. 
but don't interrupt me, Gemma. Just let me talk for 30 seconds or so. <laughs> and she's like, he's, he's not able to manage it. He, she says, look, think you're just a bit confused, Justin. There is nothing between us. We are strangers. I've got a fiance and I'm going to marry. And he's like, no, 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 you're lying. Um, then he starts to get suspicious about Daniel spying on them or that she's recording him or something like this. And he starts getting really jumpy and irate. And um, Am I allowed to say anything? Or yeah, not? go for it. Go for it. He realises that she's putting on a bit of an act. Yeah. So he suspects that it's a setup. Yeah, exactly. And and she she pushes him too far. She kind of like prods him in the chest, doesn't well, she? She's really poking the bear here. It could have gone really wrong for her. Well, yeah, she does this because she sees Daniel and Craig coming. Yeah, and she says, right, you're pathetic. And he calls her a bitch. And then Rude. it looks like he, he kind of looms over her, like he's going to give her a proper roughing up, doesn't it? But luckily... She prods him, but then he shoves her yeah. back. And this is, I don't think... I think this is a bit actually a bit off here because Daniel and Craig conveniently didn't see her starting this. <laughs> Do you not think? I mean, she poked him first. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, I suppose so. It was a bit. He wouldn't have. I don't think he would have touched her if she hadn't have. Not that I'm on his side, obviously, but I suppose this was a setup. You know, Craig has been fairly useless in this, but I think he. He is on Daisy's side and maybe a, he, he will turn a blind impartial. eye to this. She'd be impartial. I know. But anyway, he comes over, arrests Justin. I, 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 I love this. I thought this is a fantastic scene. And they're all back at the Rovers later and Daisy's like, yeah, it was a risky business, but it was a risk worth taking. Let's go for this wedding after all. The date we plan, couple of weeks time, end of March. Don't want to back down anymore. And they end the episode with a big old smoocheroo. So I thought that that was a fantastic setup for the week on this story, and yeah, the re- the rest of the week was just a bit. It was more just like Wishy-washy. general wedding stuff, wasn't it? It was I like didn't give two ju- just now. Justin's not involved in this. He's not a danger anymore, or so they think. So let's just do some generic wedding stuff. One thing I find quite interesting about this is that I know that all the Cory ladies plan weddings to to a certain extent we do get to see you know conversations they have and talking about the dress and Mary stuff. in a giant folder yeah but I really think that Daisy is one of the obviously one of the ones that we've seen the most preparation for but interestingly enough the other person I can think of who's also did a lot of prep was Jenny did she? Yeah, because she had oh, the yeah, she, she had did, a bridal atelier in the in the factory, didn't she? Yes. It was a whole room. And yeah. I think this is kind of funny and sweet that Daisy really takes after Jenny, even yeah, though they're not in the related. Wedding prep state. That they really love the idea of getting married, and they're really excited to have a, mm. a, a fancy wedding. And I think I, I think that's kind of adorable that they're both. It is, they're both cut from the same cloth, aren't they? Um, So yeah, basically Wednesday's episode is about the the venues and the companies and everything that had cancelled on Daisy after the whole incident with Justin the other week. So what has she done? She just phoned him up and go, hi... You remember that guy that that like told you that I was trouble? I slapped him. Well, guess what? He shoved me, so now he's been arrested. If you if you're listening to this on the other end of the phone, are you going to be like, oh, that's all right then? Or would you go? You both sound like. Thank goodness, goodness for this. We're gagging to sponsor you. Wouldn't you be like, you both Take sound like flowers. trouble? I don't want anything to do with either of you. I, it depends whether like they saw her live stream and 
you know, can see what he's like. It, it was it was quite convenient, but for me it was great because, like I said, I've I've been wanting for this wedding to be a big extravaganza. I didn't want it to just be a oh, it doesn't matter where we get married as long as we're together. I, I, I'd love this to be huge and it's it's back, looking back like it's going well, back on again. I wonder if a lot of them are going, well, what, what, we've, we've cancelled this bloody booking. Wedding, wedding, people aren't looking for wedding venues and caterers and DJs and flowers two weeks in advance. <laughs> yeah, How are we going to fill true. these bookings? And then she comes along and they're like, okay, right, fine. We'll Very do good it point. Um, yeah, Craig comes into the pub and says that um, Justin's been let out on bail, but he's definitely not allowed to stalk around you anymore. So um, oh, good. he's at bay for the time being. I see we're both on the same page with Justin now, are we? D- Daisy's not happy with this, but well, I don't know. She can't do anything about it. Um, and then we have a couple of nice scenes with Ryan, don't we? He sees that she's looking a bit sad out in the street later and that he takes her over to Maxine's bench and um, and then and then for a coffee at Roy's. And they both just kind of talk about, oh, um, you know, you know what happened between us a couple of years ago? How are things yeah. between you and Alia? Yeah, and he's like, happened? oh, I've been friend-zoned. Yeah, it, it, she, I mean, honestly, she's the clearly not the completely um, been forgiven by Ryan for getting between him and Alia. Mm. But um anyway, it was it was just it was a quite a nice nice little character moment. A bit like a bit like Ken and the and the eagle hunting last week. Um and that's that's kind of it. The the whole thing was here she... was that she was supposed to be going off to see the wedding venue, wasn't she, on Wednesday's episode and she ends up spending the day with Ryan instead. Which was weird. She was freaked out because she saw a delivery van and she thought it was Justin again and yeah. she got so scared that she didn't want to go to the venue. Yeah. And she stayed with Ryan, which I don't know why Ryan suddenly appeared in this story. Well, and no, why they're maybe the same like... readers as, as Yasmin. They're, they're realising this is the hot new story for the spring 2023. <laughs> Get in there. Right. So Friday's episode, um, yeah, the photo booth's back on again. But oh, what are we going to do about the on. flowers? It made me laugh because she goes to, Je- to Daniel... I've just spoken to the photo booth people and now we've got everything we need for the perfect wedding. I set flowers... It's like, well, really, was a photo booth, like, was yeah. that the essential wedding package? Well, for Daisy it probably is, isn't it? We, we've been to weddings with photo booths, they're really good fun. Yeah, yeah, they can be. But, but you do need your flowers. Yeah, you need really. flowers, really. Um, they realise they're going to need to go to plan B, and that plan B is Barlow's. So <laughs> Daisy goes over to Preston's and's like, oh, yeah, I kind of want you to do my wedding flowers after all. And Tracy's like, oh, ha, ha, really? Well, what are you going to... As long as I can be bridesmaid, because I'm not taking flipping social media promotion as payment anymore, thank you very much. And Daisy's like, oh, I don't really want you to be my bridesmaid. So the rest of the episode is just her thinking, oh, how am I going to get out of this? I don't want Daisy to do this I don't, we, we're going to have to not have her as have her flowers anymore but luckily for her and very again quite conveniently the original florist gets back to her later and says yeah you can have our flowers and um and daisy's like fantastic now at least we don't have to have that cal tracy messing things up on the day as a bridesmaid um but daisy daniel who is you know quite controlling he's very it? contrary as well one minute he's like he he uh, you know, Daisy said at one point that if Tracy was on fire, she'd still go to the Rovers oh, yeah. for a wee rather yeah. than putting it out. And um, I think Daniel feels the same way about Tracy half the time. But for <laughs> yeah, some reason, it's super important that he condescends to 
Daisy and guilt trips her into making Tra- Tracy a bridesmaid anyway. Yeah. Well, it turns out at the end of the day that the punchline to all of this is that Daisy has got absolutely... Sorry, Tracy has got absolutely no desire to be Daisy's bridesmaid and she was just winding her up, which was very Daisy... Uh, very Tracy. I thought, oh, how do I well, get Well, they're those both two the same. Well, they are both... Yeah, they're both very similar, aren't I mean, they? Two sides Daisy's of the same coin. Daisy's just got coin. murdered anybody yet. Yeah, that's basically the only but difference. But if Daniel crosses her, I wouldn't be surprised if she did cross him on well, the I, I quite appreciated how Daisy, kind of the departing shot of this story was them kind of realising, yeah, we're, we're not so different. That's the sort of thing that I would have done. I would have tried to wind you up and screw you up with making you think one thing. But, but they didn't They didn't quite skip, ha- skip hand in hand down the road, did they? They just no. kind of both agreed that... Yeah, they kind of, they shake hands mm. and like... Yeah, we're, we're going to be all right. We're, we're going to be related and, and uh, sisters and scheming. But um, yeah, I did think that when Tracy was so adamant that she wanted to be a bridesmaid, I thought, I like, thought that was a bit odd. This? I didn't think that she was tricking her. I thought, no. oh, they just kind of twisted the script this way to add a little bit of drama. But when Tracy's like, no, why not? I thought I want to be your bridesmaid. It's like, yeah, very good point. Because... Um, I don't think I'd want to be a bridesmaid in the same wedding as my daughter. Oh, no. Being a bridesmaid. I think It'd that'd be, just be odd. I don't know, I don't know whether it, there are any other bridesmaids, but you, I think Tracy's a bit old to be a bridesmaid. Well, that's not... Yeah, mate, I don't... I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but I wouldn't... You know, unless, you're, unless, it's a, unless your daughter's a flower girl, mm. I just think... Yeah. Mm. But every time we say anything, we always offend about five people who going to write in and go well I was a bridesmaid and I'm 75 <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, so, it's just nice to have give Tracy something to do she's been I so just, quiet it's more years. like to me that I just don't think Tracy gives a crap about girly bridesmaid nonsense no no not at all I don't, I don't really care how old you are I mean, I think if she, I think if she thinks if it's her own wedding, she wants the works. Yeah, yeah. But she's not interested in and anyone else's in nonsense. not being number one at somebody else's wedding. Yeah, that's true. Um, I really liked how da- how Daniel um guilt tripped her, and she's like, oh, he says, oh well, I know that she's not doing the flowers anymore, but obviously, really, she really feels like she wants to be part of the wedding. She doesn't want to be left out, mm. and it's up to you. And I know you're going to make the right decision. And she's like, oh, for God's sake, Daniel, <laughs> he's really manipulative. And the thing that annoys me is that he's always he's so smug about it, and the show doesn't really seem to want you to judge. Like sometimes people are like that, and you, you're invited to laugh at them for how mm. how. Condescending they are, but with Daniel, it kind of made Daisy look like a cow. I know, but really, he does he do it? He's the cow. <laughs> Why doesn't he have her as a groomsman if he wants Tracy to be involved? She'd yeah. pro- much rather wear a suit, probably. Well, I wonder whether they're going to go down that route a little bit now that they've got Ryan involved, and is Daisy going to kind of realise that Daniel's an ass? Yeah, and and that Ryan's are just kind of a bit simpler and nicer and well, I hope not because I, I, you know, at the end of the day, I do really really like Daisy and Daniel together, but it wouldn't surprise me if her if her head was turned. The a little fact bit that by they Ryan. had this long conversation made me think, oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, they they didn't need to do that. There's got to be some kind of hidden meaning in. I there. don't know why, and also don't really know why Ryan is given her the time of day. Mm. I wonder whether it's going to be one of these, you know. She's going to have a pre-wedding wobble 
and Ryan's going to be, and she's maybe going to turn to Ryan for support and a listening ear, and he's going to be the one to convince her, no, no, you really should marry Daniel, and maybe that's all it's going to be. I'm not really sure. Um, anyway. I, 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 don't, I don't know, I don't know. Um, so I, I, um, I've, I've talked a lot about how much I enjoyed Monday's episode. Did you, did you kind of feel the same way about the whole arrest situation? Yeah. And anything I, else? I, like I said, I think it was a bit of a. It's one of those story, It's one of those um, things where you think it, it could have been written in a completely different way, and she would have got in trouble because she lured him there, and then she pushed him. Mm. Then he got arrested for pushing her back. Mm. I mean, it's not really fair, is it? I think that the. I think the direction really did help. If I if I compare it to Stephen sneaking around Carla's flat, where I mm. did, didn't quite feel the tension, yeah, this I really really did, and and I I'm not good enough at you know camera techniques and all that kind of stuff to be That's able to say exactly what it was, but yeah, this like this I really did feel that, yeah, yeah. it was a tense I, situation. It was tense. And, it was good. And there's still the, the lingering. Really, yeah. Still the lingering danger of Justin being out there on the run. I mean... He's it, not on the run, he's on bail. Sorry, not on the run. Oh, yeah, it's out free. I mean, it is a not really... not free. He's on bail. Free enough. Free to free to do a bit of meddling. See, I you, mean, you'd be a... terrible as a judge. You'd be like, right, you're you're very naughty, but I will let you go on the run. No, no, that's not <laughs> what I mean. Go and do some mischief. No, you're not allowed to do that either. Okay, go free. No, hang on. It's not that one either. It's one of the other ones. It's in between. I mean, uh, if if you were to follow you know, the, the trajectory of other Coronation Street villains in the past, and, and it feels like... The story is mm. is getting close to, to running its course. You do often have the villains disappear for a little bit before their last hurrah, and with a wedding on the horizon, um, I mean, it's not you know you wouldn't you'd be you think maybe 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 Justin's going to um, cause a little bit of an upset at the wedding, well, perhaps. Well, they just depends on whether they order any deliveries. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. They probably will do, won't they? They'll turn up with a big box of white doves. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I, I, I think we. I don't know whether we're going to get any of this story next week. We're now like a week and a bit away for the wedding. It feels like I don't really need to see any of the run up to it, but you know, right. maybe we will. So, um, phase face to face, Gemma, with Miley. Miley. Lovely Canadian. Miley. I think, like, I'd, I'd like <laughs> to see the faces of everybody watching Coronation Street on Monday when Miley opens her mouth and we go, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> I wasn't sense. expecting yeah, her yeah. to sound like that at all, but why wouldn't she sound like that, of course? I mean, we're all used to Bethany Platt coming from growing up in Milan with a, a really thick northern accent, aren't we? So, um, you know, you, you'd be forgiven for thinking that maybe Miley is also going to sound broadly Lancastrian but no she's she's got a full on Canuck accent there hasn't she I mean it made it made me laugh a little bit because um so she turns up with with Jackson the father giant Jackson and I don't know why why I expected this but um I almost would have thought that Miley turns up going hi everyone I'm from Canada and he goes yeah 
Sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> I didn't teach you how to talk proper, like. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you put a tweet out on Monday night, didn't you, of Stephen looking down at his phone, looking a bit miffed, and the yeah, captain like, was like, when you realise you're not the only Canadian in Corrie anymore this or isn't something. <laughs> Interestingly, she was born on the 1st of April. So her birthday's coming up. Oh, okay. Mm. Mm. And I just looked into it, and she was born on the 1st of April 2015, and Wrecking Ball came out. In 2013, so... Oh, so this is post-wrecking ball. So Faye really, really stitched her up, didn't she? Well, I mean, it it was... uh, Because she did come... uh, Maybe it was a a link to it, because Faye didn't want this kid, did she? And it did kind of wreck her life a little bit, so maybe it was for that. I don't know. She's like, she came in like a wrecking ball. I just can't believe that that story where Faye was pregnant was so long ago. It was, yeah. Eight years it feels like only yesterday. But anyway, anyway, um, so what's been going on with Faye and Miley this week then? Jimmy Jim Jam Jam. I'm still just trying to work. I'm still just ch- checking to see if there's anything about why she was called. She was called Miley. I don't think it really matters. It don't really. Um, it really matters to me at this moment. But I will move on. Okay. Just for you, listener. So it's right. Faye's birthday, isn't it? On it's Faye's Monday. birthday. See, this is the thing. Maybe this. This is how I would feel if I was. If I was Faye. I'd say, I want to get rid of this kid because she's going to cramp my style because it's too, birthdays are too close together. <laughs> I want to not worry about someone else's birthday when I'm having my birthday. Yeah, that's a good point. You'd be spending your birthday party again. Oh, God, yeah, by the bet- time I bought my daughter a birthday present. Oh, God, God, what are we going to do? Go- oh, and you'd be like, oh, I can't afford to do anything nice for my birthday because my bloody kid's having one. <laughs> oh, Selfish. Uh, get my birthday money. I know what I'm bending that on. Uh, what do you want, Miley? <laughs> you parasite. <laughs> But anyway, Monday, she's having a lovely breakfast, birthday breakfast in the cafe, and then they're going to a spa, aren't they? Yes. Um, but but Tim, simple-minded Tim, has a plan that, of course, will never go wrong, um, to have Jackson and Miley round. Yeah, he just wants to be a little boat because he knows he? he knows that they're not going to be in. So Sally's like, "This is a bad idea," and Tim's like, "No way, can't go wrong. It's worth it anyway." So. Then the kids come round with Jackson. Hi, everyone. It's me. I've been to stage school in Canada. <laughs> I, agree. I have to say, she's really she adorable. I think she's very cute, but she does look a bit like she just came off stage going, it's a hard knock life for me. It's a I mean, hard if you knock t- life. I can't, I can't remember what she, the actress who plays Miley, but she's, she's got an awful lot of, you know, dance competitions she's and stuff. She's like, got charisma. Multi-talented. Charisma coming, left, right and centre. Yeah, and yeah, she, she does. Faye is, like, next to her, she's like, I cannot believe that this girl <laughs> yeah, you spawned come from, from me. me. What has happened here? <laughs> she, do, she doesn't look dissimilar to her, to be fair, though. No. I think it's a... Um, pretty good casting there. I mean, obviously Miley looks slightly different from the last time we saw her, but also Jackson does as well, because the last time we saw Jackson, he was a scrawny little teenager. He's been just raising her in a part of compost, I think. I think that's been there. Both been... of them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because he's like, he's supposed to be, what, 21, 22 odd. He, he looks, looks like he's 30. in his 30s. She's supposed to be coming on eight. I, I don't I'm, think so. I'm fairly sure Do the actress think... is a, a similar age. We, I was convinced that she might be a lot older than that, but we've we've we have we're, done a bit of digging on our I, Instagram. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let it slide because I I'm fairly sure that she is a, 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 
you know, in I, the ballpark. She is in the ballpark. I'm going to say that the actress playing her is nine or ten. I've got no idea how old she is. We don't. We do not know how old she is. Um, but the other thing, she hasn't got a convenient birthday picture of her on, on her Instagram, listen, so we can't tell. The other thing is that um, children sometimes have growth spurts. So you know. Mm. They all seem to have growth spurts. I think it is also to do with the fact that it, like I said, it felt like the Faye being pregnant storyline only was, felt yeah, like a few years ago. But no, actually, I hey. just imagine um, Jackson and Miley just like bouncing around the great northern Canadian f- maple forests, <laughs> like glomming onto the bark of trees and just sucking maple syrup out of the <laughs> out of the trunks and leaving like husks of trees in their wake. Does it make you grow, does it? Yeah. I need to go over That's why they're all lumberjacks, then. isn't it? Yeah. That's why Nick came back a lot taller, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, they all that's what they do over there. Yeah. You guys know, you're all Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> uh the secret to eternal youth and beauty. Be Canadian. And sucking on redwoods. Yeah, is that what is that where you think maple syrup comes from, <laughs> darling? <laughs> we're, oh. we're 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 showing a lot of insider knowledge here about Canada, but they're yeah. really deeply scared about how much we know. <laughs> it's like the secret of like maple syrup is much. safe. They know too much. <laughs> right, Jackson's. Um, we have two types of tree in our country, and you got the wrong one. <laughs> Jackson and Miley are there, and Jackson's like, "Oh, I was I was a bit nervous about coming around with Faye's not Faye not being there." And um, Miley, no, Miley's been told that Faye's on holiday, mm. and um, it is a bit weird that Jackson's brought Miley round to what is basically just a random man's house. When you, if you were Jackson, we'd be like, "Can I meet you first? You could just be a random old pervert." <laughs> but he never Jackson had. I mean, he did go and visit Tim last week, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? Doorstep, All right, I'll give him. I'll give him. I know, but still, just. You can meet perverts several times and not realise. Mm. Just saying. Anyway, so Miley's like, do I, do I remind you of my mum when she was my age? And Tim's like, I don't know because I wasn't there. <laughs> I think Miley has smiled more times in just this two scenes than Faye has in the ten years that she's been on Coronation Street, well, to be honest. She was named well, but isn't she? Because she is Miley, Miley, Miley. Yes. So um, they go, they leave, they have a nice time, they leave, and Miley gets talking with Eliza, who oh, they yes. saw at Affleck's. <laughs> Are you, Eliza? Is, what's she, where's she come out of? Is she, that, Eliza and Stu, they're like, oh, Stu's like, oh, so can I be in it for, for one episode, please? <laughs> Stu's <laughs> been, like, very absent for... Mm-hmm. God, six months at least, hasn't he? Yeah. Since the, I mean, he was very, you know, I, I was getting a bit sick of Stu last year with the whole Stu Lucy, what's it, murder storyline. I thought that but, was going to be different. But, but okay. Yasmin has still been fairly consistently on the show. It feels like hasn't she? But Stu's just not been in any. She's scenes. been doing the school run. and and it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if there are a lot of Coronation Street fans watching on uh, Monday's episode going, "Who is this little girl that's walking around with Stu?" But I, I I enjoyed Eliza from before. It's just odd that they brought her in, said, "Right, you're going to live with Yasmin and Stu. Look at this new life and this new." And it's two know, weeks of drama. Turn the corner and a new, new chapter in the life of Stu and Yasmin. Now they have got a young girl who goes to Catholic school to look after. Nope, we're not going to do that story. Anyway, um, they're, Eliza and Miley are nattering. But then, oh no, Craig and Faye are back 
he sees oh, yeah, Tim sees them sick. in the car coming out, and so Tim's like trying to herd Miley and Jackson inside and out the back through the conservatory. And Jackson's like, can you ask Faye again if she wants to see? Because he knows that Faye doesn't want to see Miley, but Miley doesn't know. Mm. So there he's trying to usher them out. Um, but And they get away with it until Stu comes to the door like, hey, <laughs> hey I've got a bracelet. Oh, like it's mine. a bracelet that, uh, well, 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 well. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't do that accent, can we? <laughs> I tried. Um, he comes to the door, he's like, oh, here's Miley's bracelet. And Faye's answered the door and she's like, wow, what does, what is this? Huh? You've been seeing my daughter by my back. And Tim says, you need to get to know her. She's actually really adorable. And she says, no, I, I don't want to. So on Wednesday, Faye's still in the huff because she blames Sally as well. She goes home, she has to go at Craig for talking to Tim because um, she's in the huff with Tim. And Tim says, you're going to regret it if you do not take this opportunity of connecting with Miley. And then uh, Craig talks to Faye and says, you need to be careful not to make a decision that you're going to regret. So Faye goes to see Tim and says, I'm really scared about this. I don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't want to get close to Miley. And then I fall in love with her and then I have to go back to Canada. It could all go wrong. And Tim says, it's a risk worth taking. And I reckon that... I've realised that at least three times in my notes for this episode, characters have said it's a risk worth taking. Daisy prodding Justin is a risk worth taking. Tim meeting Miley himself is a risk worth taking. Well, it is. And he says, um, you do want to meet her, don't you? And Faye's like, yeah, I do, I do. Just like all the other women on the show, I was only pretending when I said I didn't want kids. I know. That could have been, you know, nice little change, couldn't it? The thing is, though, she does have a kid. So... That horse is bolted. Mm. Um, I can understand her. I can understand her. Um, we've already got. We've already had women like like. I mean, Christine. We just literally had a woman who was t- talked to her daughter and said, yeah. "Look, I don't actually like being a mum, but you're all right. Mm. And we're now we're adults. Maybe we can have a relationship." Yeah. Anyway, maybe Faye was just as versed to the whole nappy changing phase and well, everything. She's got away with it. She's, she's well past that. I wonder if she's been paying child support all this time. She should have done. Yeah. Right, so Tim's like, good for you. On Friday, um, Faye's like, it's kind of sweet because she's all nervous and she's like, oh, am I wearing the right outfit? And to be fair, she should have changed because that was awful. (laughs) Yeah, you said that was not a very flattering jumper that Faye's got. No, that was what she changed into. Yeah, no, I know. No, what she was wearing first was worse. Oh, was it? Just this weird shiny jacket. It looked like Mm. a bit of like Rita's bin bag. (laughs) So she, she wants to make a good impression. And then later on, she's like, oh my God, what if they're late? What, I'm going to cancel, I don't want to do it anymore. And then they come to the door and it's too late. Um, but they, uh, they then they sit awkwardly together on the sofa, don't they? And mm. uh, I mean... Eliza's like, I oh know, Faye no. says, here's a bracelet. Eliza, Eliza's not there. I oh know, Faye says, oh, here's the bracelet. And Miley says, you can have the bracelet. Well, hang on. They're sitting there awkwardly and bless her Faye... Um, not the most exciting character, is she? No. So I, if I'm Miley, I'm thinking, is this my mom? She's so boring. <laughs> and my, and Faye's just like, I'm so intimidated by this eight-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then they look at some photos. It breaks the ice a little bit. Later on, oh, they've had a lovely afternoon. And Faye is, um, Faye's like, oh, Jackson, you're so good with her. 
and Jackson says, oh, you're so good with her as well, and they have a bracelet talk. It, it didn't really break any new ground there, so it was a fairly much a, they have a meeting, and it goes okay, and now maybe Faye quite likes this girl. I mean, I'm not worried at the moment, because Jackson isn't a young mother, but if the genders were reversed, I'd be looking for him to have a car crash any minute. Oh yeah, yeah, good point. That, that that's going to be the 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 problem, isn't it? At the end, Miley's going to go back to Canada, presumably, well, here's and the Faye's going to say, "Oh no, I kind of want to go too." Is Faye going to go with her, or is Miley going to stay with Faye? I don't really need Miley to stay. I think she's great. I think she's great. She's yeah. really cute. We don't need another kid. I like on Coronation I just Street. Like they can't to... even do anything with Eliza. I'm just going to imagine her as a stage school girl who's broken out of the set of Matilda or... No, not Matilda, they're too English. What's an American... Oh, Annie. Yeah, she's just broken off the stage of Annie. She's a, fic- she's a fictional um, a- actress and she's just w- found herself in Coronation Street <laughs> and she's going to spend the whole time being like, don't you guys have a budget for like a chorus line or something? <laughs> They're like, no, we don't do that here. <laughs> she, I, I really did enjoy her, but I, I don't think she needs to stay on the program particularly. Tomorrow, she does tomorrow, the job. I, I love you. I did tomorrow. see somebody theorising online, like, you know, could this be the end of Faye? Because Ellie Leach has just put a load of new headshots on Instagram just recently, and isn't that the kind of thing that you do when you're saying? Hello, I need a new I need a new job, I need a new role. I don't know. I mean Faye you know, I I was always for a very long time the mass the biggest Faye defender, but she's not been used very much at all for years now. And I think sadly the character really is very, very redundant. Um, she's also such a drag. She is a bit. And I'm not trying, I'm not just, I'm not talking about any medical stuff, but that really doesn't help either. No. Um, she's, she's, I think she it'd barely be a... ever cracks a smile. Yeah, she's got. I mean, she's had a really hard life. She's had hot, lots of horrible things have happened to her. And I'm not surprised that she's, you know, a bit of mm. a, of a downer, but she's, she's not fun to watch her. She's not, she's a bit too old to be in the teen gang, yeah, isn't she? Is. she? So she's her she links on the show. Friends. No, she hasn't. She's got Craig. Yeah, she's God. got she's got Gary. Mum Anna's uh, is away. She just she, uh, I suppose she's got Tim. She's got quite a few links actually. Well, she's got loads but, of links, but it, she, it's not the same as having a gang of friends, is it? It just feels like if she you know popped out of existence, it'd take a while to notice. Yeah. Unfortunately, and because I said I, I did really really like Faye, they've just, just very dull. much squandered her. They chucked her in prison for you know, eight months or so, was it last oh, year or the year before? That. And they just don't seem to know what to do with her. And I and I don't think that anybody's loving the Faye and Craig partnership. Um, so I think. Honestly, it could be for the best. That she could have a really nice ending if they decide, well, let's let's ship her off to Canada and she can go live happily ever after with with Miley she, and Jackson. She can go bounding through the great wed, redwood forests of Canada, <laughs> sucking, sucking the maple, maple syrup out of the it. Trees. <laughs> um, and just to be clear, I do know that's not what happened. Maple syrup. I know that you can't just suck it out of a tree. That would be stupid. You've got to put it in a bucket first. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there wasn't any hint of you know romantic spark or anything between Miley and Jackson, was there? Today, no, because that's her not... dad. <laughs> Getting all the words wrong. 
Faye and Jackson. I'm sorry, but Faye and Faye and Jackson look like they've been made in two completely different human factories. Yeah. Do you not yeah, think to, they to don't look fair. at all like they would ever go anywhere near each other? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that's going to be the twist. Maybe it's going to be turn out that Jackson's not actually the father after all. Maybe he's an alien. Mm. Maybe he's got alien hand syndrome. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think it'd be a nice, nice little ending if she's like, you know what, I'm going. But it would mean that Craig is just left miserable again. Unless Craig also goes, but Can then we, who who would keep the, the streets of Weatherfield safe if Officer Tinker's not on and the beat? were we not all thrilled to have OCD get another shout-out this week? Oh, yes. I can't believe they brought they this back up again. They mentioned the OCD. Because they really <laughs> crapped the bed with this, sto- this OCD storyline because we know from talking to people how debilitating it is but Faye was like, um, Beth was like, oh yeah, it's, it's under control now, really. Oh, okay, is it? Right, great. Thank you, The Craig. way yeah, it became brilliant. under control is the storyline just came to an end everyone and then nobody mentioned it. it again. And, and everyone forgot. Yeah. We should have, they should literally have just never mentioned it again and pretended that that never happened. It was, it was Because not it's not, that's not how it works. No, no, but yeah. Nice when they do callbacks, but but maybe not maybe so much not that, that one. one. Okay, so um, speaking of tinkers, I'm onto the Marco Yolo storyline now with Beth. Speak, Beth what, was what? just lovely on Monday, wasn't she? Beth needs to ditch. Kurt. She totally needs to ditch. She's Kurt. never been happier. No, the pro- the problem is I'm a little bit torn with this one because on the one hand I'm saying yes, you are totally suited to Marco. You were having a wonderful time with him. Kick that curb, Kirk to the curb. <sighs> but on the other hand, I'm think I'm seeing her sneaking around, being all you know, oh, I'm going to have sneaky texts with him and everything. Going, what are you doing? You're married, kind of to Kirk. Don't do that, girl. So I I don't you know my heart's being torn oh, one way dear. or another, but. It really did. They 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 had great chemistry. They really really did. And 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 Beth and Kirk to me have never really felt. That I know what you way. mean. They don't feel necessarily suited. See, mm. I think with with Beth when she came into the show, she was like big mama bear to Craig, wasn't she? And she had a she was she still got her C necklace, hasn't yeah. she? And she just needs somebody to mother. Yeah. And I think in sort of little simple Kirk. She's got a grown-up kid who's never going That's to true. outgrow his, you know, Mothering infancy needs. that he's currently in. Yeah. So, in the way that she's kind of suited to him, but it's not, it just doesn't fit right. And and with Marco, it felt like she could have a proper grown-up relationship with this guy. It's not going to happen, is it? She's not going to go off with Marco, clearly. Maybe. But um, But everything that happened on Monday really made me think it, it really, they shouldn't you know, chuck the idea away. So I she... also really liked the um Glenda getting herself involved in this storyline. Yes, yeah, giving Glenda something to do other than just dispensing wisdom behind the bar. Mm. I thought that was great. So Beth's all dressed up all fancy on Monday for this for this date, not a date, with Marco and, and yeah, she's she's there in her best kind of rockabilly gear, isn't she? That you know that Lisa George she she likes all that kind of stuff. So she looked she looked ace, and she she pretends that she's going to go off to see Arlene, her sister. But Glenda, now oh, this is when Glenda does her chinny reckon. Yeah, <laughs> see, I, chinny reckon, chinny reckon. So Just, they we, yeah. they did have to explain this in the program, and the only reason I knew about yeah. it was I've done research into this before. Did you? Well, yes, because chinny reckon was not a thing when I was little, and it wasn't for you, was it? No, we had itchy chin. It, itchy chin. So, when we were young, not that long ago, 
when we were young, if you didn't believe somebody, yeah. and we were like completely opposite ends of the country. No, we weren't. I was in the middle and you were yeah. in the bottom. Mm. <laughs> it was itchy chin. You go, you put your tongue between your bottom teeth and your lip to kind of make a big mm. fat lip. And yeah. then you stick it right, stick your chin out like Bruce Forsyth and you go, itchy chin, and scratch and that, your chin. That means you don't believe that, them that means, by saying itchy chin. That means chin. rubbish. Yeah. Boulder dash, sir. Although, I've told you this one as well. Sometimes We said sometimes itchy chin, but we didn't necessarily make an itching gesture. It was more like I'm going to stroke you my long like beard. You like a massive, like, uh, What's it? Yeah, like Pie May. Pie May. Kill Bill beard. We never did that. We went, mmm. Yeah, so itchy chin was what we said. But when yeah, when I was doing a bit of research for, for some reason about this years ago, <laughs> I read that chinny recon was what people what? said in other bits of the chinny country. Chinny recon? Recon. Recon. Yeah, recon. Why are you saying it? Like because it's hyphenated. Recon. But it, what? Anyway, you, you no, look no, it no, up no, yourself. No, 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 sorry, hang on. Yeah. Chinny reckon, like I don't, I reckon you're lying. Yeah. But apparently people used to say it in two, like really distinct syllables. Oh, but it's so all it still named means after, reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was named, but that said that it was named after Jimmy Hill, the famous sports pundit with the, with the big chin. Really? Anyway, we're going way off topic. But if anybody wants chinny to know reckon. about Chinny reckon, look into it. It's quite interesting. But yeah, itchy chin for us. So if you, if you look this up on Urban Dictionary, it says uh, to express indignant disbelief at another's fanciful proclamation. It was. Typically accompanied by the stroking of a non-existent goatee beard. I see, it's a stroking of a beard. For some reason, reckon is pronounced recon. I knew it. Rather than the usual reckon. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so I was, I very much, I think that... And sometimes we go, you go chinny chin chin or something? No. No. That would, not, not, not in the Midlands. I, I think that Tyrone might have done an itchy chin at, at some point. I've got a feeling that they might have put that in the script. But anyway, well done, Glenda. You took me right back to my childhood. Anyway, um, that was a massive digression. A bit of culture for you there. There you go. Don't say we don't ever tell you anything important. Yeah, yeah. You sit in a sentence this week. Like... Did you know you can get maple syrup from redwood trees? <laughs> Chinny chin. reckon. Chinny chin. <laughs> I really enjoyed Coronation Street this week. I think uh, I might give it a five uh, out of five. Itchy chin. <laughs> right, anyway. Um, Glenda is on to Beth and she knows that she doesn't just go dressing up like that to see her, her, her chubby sister. sister. So... Um, she, she, Beth kind of admits to Glenda later, yeah, I'm off to see Mark. I'm a little bit worried about him because he's got one of her vinyls, haven't, hasn't she? And of course, and they, they make the jokes about a 12 inch. Ha ha ha. Um, so um, she goes to the bistro, gets a big squeeze and a hug from you know, Hunky Marco. And you, you kind of pointed out that the, fo- the the Facebook photo that they used of him last week was a bit like younger and hunkier well, than the actual Marco that they used. But I, I think don't, he's... I don't remember if I was remembering it wrong or not, but... Um... He wasn't, you know, he's still... He, like... he looked like a normal bloke. He looked like a normal, good-looking, kind of... He looked beefy like a, lad, didn't yeah, he? like he looked like a sort of football lad. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, a really good match for Beth. I have to say, they look good together. Um, and so, so they get a big hug, and, and Glenda's there, saying, telling Ryan to keep an eye on them. And Ryan's like, I'm already in another storyline at the moment. I'm doing keep an my eye best. On everybody. Doing my best, yeah. Um, so they they just have a great old time, really. And and Mark hands her over. Marco hands over his twelve inch, and, and he's. He talks about getting married and divorced over in New Zealand. That's 
right, I'm back on the market. And by the time they tumble out the bistro later, it's dark. Oh, this is where Stephen sees Beth, isn't it? Yeah, that he, was Because he's been doing his dodgy dealings with Rufus yeah. around the back of Underworld. And he, he kind of stares over at Beth like, you're going to be my next victim. Yeah, it was My weird. next random act of violence. I don't know what was happening there. No, I'm not it, sure. Nothing came of it. Sounds like Batman there. And we also get from the scene that she's told Marco about Kirky. Yes, yeah. And, so um, it's not like she's pretending she's single. No, no, exactly. One thing I like also about this is the way that Beth says Marco. Because she goes, Marco. Like she, like, she really... Marco. Marco. Like, she really kind of lo- loves that he's called Marco. <laughs> um, so he, he, he's, he's like, oh, can we still meet up again? And she's like, oh, yeah, definitely. So um, she she goes to the shop and she gets a message from Marco with a photo of the two of them saying they had a great time and everything. I mean, surely this photo is going to come and bite her in the bum at some point. Kirk's going to find out about this and he's not going to be Kirk's happy. Kirk's already but... had a strop. Hmm? Last well, yeah, week. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they they had a big falling out, and then they they got back together. They are back together again, yeah. aren't they, Kurt, Beth and Kurt? But he's going to be like, oh, Beth, I thought I trusted you. Oh. And this is anyway. So Wednesday's episode, um, Beth is in complete denial about fancying Marco when Glenda's trying to dig for the details about what happened at this bistro meeting. I mean, the the reason maybe not the best idea to go. Um, Whining and dining your exes in the local bistro where pretty much at least one other main character's family is going to be dining there at any one minute. Kirk obviously was left to his own devices. Well, no, Kirk was in Southampton, wasn't he? Oh, that's right. He was visiting us. Yeah, he's he's been driving his his van to flog knickers around the world from our docks, apparently. um, Four hours and 37 minutes. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I do like it when they have a good Southampton reference. I bet he weed in a bowl. Yeah, no, no stopping. No stopping. Um, yeah, I do, I do like it when he uh, for, for Kirk. When he, uh, when you know, it's, it's not, out. it's not like they put completely it in rare that they mention Southampton. It's very prominent. I'm gonna say, you know, if destination, if somebody from Coronation Street is going to a far away spot, yeah, like, where's the that's furthest, not London. Where's the stupidest place that anyone would go? Southampton. Ken was just there the other year, I meeting, think the meeting thing, his teacher friend, wasn't he? And I'm pretty sure that Kirk's driven there before in his underworld van too. I think the thing about it, unlike Northampton, is that it's very descriptive of where it is. Dan Seth. So you know exactly where somebody's saying, like, where could that possibly be? Mm. Even if you're from the great Redwood Wastelands of Canada, you know Southampton's probably down south. Mm. Mm. Um, so anyway, so she, so he's out of the picture, and but but he's back by by the you know, midway through Wednesday's episode, reminiscing with Fizz over that one scene ages ago when he proposed to her by rapping the real slim shady, which was a nice reference for, you know, a certain amount of fans. I'm gonna say a good fifty percent of people watching are like, I I have no memory of this scene because although it was fun at the time, I don't think that scene has gone down in it's kind not. of clip show no. gold, has it? But it was fun. It was fun. Um, so Beth's, Beth, Beth's not it. happy despite the fact that she's been moonlighting Ooh, with Marco it's, proje- it's projection yeah you see she's like I can't don't you you keep your hands off my Kirky fizz um, and they, they they're just like this is fairly boring they talk about their exes and, and Beth clearly isn't happy with the idea that Kirk has got some exes living around there even though she's got Steve and everything and um, that he she she says I need to trust you. Um, 
like I then he says, Oh yeah, like I trust you, Beth. Because obviously he can't trust Marco. her. La, 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 la. Marco. So, yeah, so he's he's looking at she's looking at text from Marco later and um she she no somebody I've written Beth here. It's not wasn't Beth. No. Somebody tells Kirk that maybe he should make an officially honest woman of Beth. After that old bigamist thing. Yeah, and that was a, there was a few kind of raking things up from the past here. This is what happens when you have a couple like Beth and Kirk who go months and months without having anything together. Then, like, any time they bring out a reference, it's like, no, I'm not going to remember that. Well, that's but, yeah. why she brought out a memory so, box. Beth, that's very true. Beth and Kirk did get married in a fabulous 80s wedding about Adam five, Ant. six, seven years or so ago. But then it turned out, randomly, that she was actually still married to her ex, Daryl. And and then everything just went quiet and we were left to wonder... She got in trouble. Did they get back married again? No. But no, it turns out they didn't. Because I think it was just assumed that they kind of did on the quiet, but you don't see it on the telly. It didn't happen. Unless they tell you later. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the episode, towards the end of the episode, Glenda catches Beth messaging Marco around the back of the pub again. And um, and Beth is insistent that she is indeed still in love with Kirk. And Glenda Who says... You need to keep your. You need to be careful. And Beth well, probably like, says, says something like, "It was a risk worth taking." <laughs> <laughs> no, she tells Glenda to keep her nose out. Yes, yes, she does. So she's and she and Glenda says, "Oh, Chinny reckon." Yeah. So I, I think that um, I think we are going to probably see Marco again. It feels like you know, the 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 thing with this is. Beth and Kirk don't seem like a couple that are ever going to split up. No, I agree. Because it's like, who else would have them? Yeah, exactly. You Marco. Know? Well, yeah, Marco would have Beth, I think but Kirk, I don't think Marco is a, you know, is a permanent character. Kirk is like one of these destructive, uh, what are they called? Particles. Idiots. That has to be contained. <laughs> like a nuclear waste that mm. has to be put into a special barrel otherwise it'll be bouncing around giving everybody bone cancer <laughs> i mean um beth's oh, sorry kirk's last two ladies beth and julie weren't they both kind of brought in to be a partner for kirk i can't remember how long beth was in the program kirk, before it makes it sound like kirk's are like a, a stud or like a a, well, no. a a zoo that needs to be mated mm. to continue the species of kirk no it was just kind of a case of like, I know what you mean, clearly though. nobody else there would have him so we need to invent a new character that would. But I, I never is, really bought Julie or... Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. But it, 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 anyone who's started watching the show recently would find that very difficult to believe because Kirk's such a minor character. The idea that two separate other characters mm. could have been brought in just to be his dates just sounds totally yeah. unlikely. I, I, I thought that Kirk and Fizz were... Well, Fizz was his best other half. She felt like... You know, back in the day, she felt like she did belong with him. Yeah, I agree. But no, she's grown up. Yeah. So I, I don't think that him, him and Beth are going to split up no. permanently. But I do suspect that there'll be a, a split is on the cards here, and I Beth also... will kind of have a grump and go, "Oh, Kirky, oh Kirky, oh. why are you being so mean to me? Oh, Beth, why did oh, you but... break my heart? Beth, you are being really, really stupid. Yeah. Really, don't. But do the this. thing is, though. Miserable Kirk is uh, so unappealing. I hate Miserable Kirk. And and he's 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 like when droopy, he's, isn't he? Yeah, he's just really it's just a miserable. He's like Chesney turns into like a big Chesney, 
Where it's like, you're just a waste of my time. You're just sucking the energy out of me. Mm. I don't care that you're sad. I barely care when you're happy. <laughs> Can you just imagine a scene of... Kirk and Chesney getting drunk and maudlin in the pub together. You know that. You know that brilliant scene with Bet and Raquel after yeah, uh, after Charlie's that was, just that left. Good. Bet and and Raquel's that like that classic classic scene. Now swap the characters out for Kirk and Chesney, and it's like not no. not so classic anymore. No, they just be yeah. There's already well, so many man. horrible things happening in the world, Michael. Why would you <laughs> Why would you call that into manifestation? Okay. Sorry, right. Jacob's dada storyline, Gemma, back on the streets. And we were just talking about him the other day, weren't we? It was yesterday when we were driving up to London. We were trying to go through all the characters and say, what was the last thing that they did? Yeah. And, and Jacob's... kind of fun things. Yeah, we managed to go the whole of the way it to London without putting a podcast or music on or Trying to remember anything. what they all were up to last. And, and as far as we could remember, the last thing that Damon had done was get arrested yes. for having drugs in the boot and having yeah. Nick looking down on him. And that and was yeah, indeed... And looking at him parallel. What we, last, what we last saw. Right, so on Monday, over breakfast... Oh yeah, sorry, the Jacobs... Oh yeah, the, the, I've put the stuff with because it's tangentially related because it's Sam related. We've got some story about Ruby and Fizz and everyone in here for some reason. Well, so. no, it's Sam, isn't it? It's Sam and his date with Hope. Ruby's teasing Hope because she fancies Sam and Hope's mortified. And that is the correct use of the word. Let's stop making mortified mean I was scared to death. Stop not saying that whenever anybody means mortified. Oh, it's my, it's, uh, it's my That's your thing. Fizz thinks it's hilarious and Hope says can you take me to the cinema because I want to see a film with with Sam so Tyrone tells Nick and Sa- about Sam and Hope having a date later this was quite interesting because I've not don't recall many scenes with Tyrone and Nick together. Well, there was that scene where Tyrone punched Nick in the face, so they've come a long way since then. Well, yeah, they're, they're having little dad chats, aren't they, about their kids dating. Yeah. Nick thinks it's cute and reminds uh, Tyrone that Sam's not really talking to him at the moment, so he can't really help out. Um, they they a... think it's cute because they're both very young, but in a few years' time, Tyrone's going to be telling Nick that his son better not, better not get my girl pregnant. Oh. Well, Sam wouldn't know what to do with it. Well. Although he's probably read it in a book, to be fair. <laughs> he probably can explain it in deeply <laughs> unsettling scientific <laughs> detail. Probably good, couldn't they? <laughs> so um, T- Tyrone and Nick get a drink in the pub later and Tyrone's like, don't give up on Sam. And they talk about the fact that if they if their kids end up getting married, they could be related one day. And uh, they also say that Sam's written Hope's name on on. No, Hope's got Sam's name written all over Hope's pencil case, and that's how you know it's true love. Right, so later on... Um, oh, this is so cute. <laughs> this is my favourite scene of the week, I think. We're sitting on the sofa next to each other, and Sam's got a little suit on. Although I was schooled on, on, on Twitter because it's not a suit. It was a jacket with a, with a separate pair of trousers. Oh, it's the same thing. But, and he had, did he have a bow tie? Or no, no, he had man- a proper tie. Right. He had so, a tie tie. Oh, a tie. And he looks so dapper, didn't he? And he's bought her chocolates. so cute. And they're all quiet and shy. And Tyler's like, this is so funny, I want to take a photo. And I was like, no. <laughs> so they go off to the cinema together. I st- I, I, we don't really hear how it goes. No, we don't. And I was thinking, oh, brilliant. We got a week of Hope and Sam dating and this story's going to be lovely all week. But literally, it's kind of cut dead at that point, isn't it? I mean, I... I don't really see... I know that she's been very supportive of him and sitting at the bus stop and, and everything with him, but 
He's, she's just gonna, she's gonna break his heart one see, day. See, I, she? I see us in Hope and Sam. Do you? Because Sam's I, I a do little wear a tie to weird work. nerd, like you, and Hope is obsessed You're crazy with murders. <laughs> um, well, she certainly set um, Sam's heart aflame oh, this week. Adorable. <laughs> do you think that if you, do you think that it would be too soon? If they got married for Tyrone to make a bunch of jokes about Arson in, in the bottom yeah, of the Bride's speech. I think so. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that we could be seeing here, you know, the, the Craig and Faye of, of the, the future. future. Because they always had, you know, it was a bit weird because Craig was always that much older than Faye when she was pregnant and he was... You know, was he an adult at that point? I can't remember. No. Or was he no, just, thought... was he 16? He was definitely older than her and it felt a little bit odd. But these two are the same age. Um, but no, I, I think, you know, you, but now Craig what? and Faye are back together again. That's all I'm saying. So are we, are we seeing like the genesis of a couple that well, are going to be together? Well, because Craig and Faye are not riveting, are they? They're not riveting. I hope, I really, really hope that these two stay riveting. Honestly, I don't know what it I don't could know, work really well. It could. I, I, anyway, I'm they're very terrified young. that one day Sam is not going to be a lovely, sweet. Cute. Yeah, it's happened before. We, you know, you you got a fifty-fifty chance. We're not going to name names. I'm going right. to name names on Wednesday. J- David, okay, right. David, made that transition from cute kid to compelling adult character. Perfectly. But we all know who hasn't, don't we? Okay, I'm not going to name names. And I want Sam to be all a right. David and not one are of those we, Are other we ready? Ones. Yes, on Wednesday, go on, go Leanne, on. Leanne's like, I need a new school jumper for Sam. God, this was boring. <laughs> uh, Sarah's like, here's one from Max. She says, I don't want a, I don't want a racist jumper. <laughs> not a racist jumper that's been breathing the same air as Nick. And then Sarah and Nick... Talk to Le- about Leanne, and and she's like, oh, is she still been a, a raging bitch? And they're like, only yeah. for the past twenty years, yes. And then Nick goes around the flat to give her the jumper. She's like, I don't want to jump her anymore. You, I hate you. And then Sarah says, oh, oh, but, uh, I'm fed you up with him. Nick are great together. Oh, and she's like, no. I felt I felt bad for Jane Danson in this because she's not been in it loads, <laughs> but but Leanne has been like just full on narc. It's like mode, it's like the she? writers the last have gone few months that she's been in narc. It. Yeah, she's but been, no, um, she's been narky. Sorry, not narky. a narc. No, she is a narc. <laughs> she just she just like deeply unappealingly frosty. Yeah, an arsey. Massive. It's like the writers went. Do you remember all that sympathy that we got for her when, when we Ollie killed died. off her kid? Go let's on. let's just let's just spray it into the wind. Shall I we? mean, I get it. Her yeah. husband, um, no boyfriend, brought her. You know, did I a mean... deal with a drug dealer and everything. Oh, blah blah blah. But who hasn't? She she's just got away, and and it's great performance. No, it's a great great we, performance. A way of really grating on me when she's like. Can that. I just remind you that it was actually Sam's idea to kick him out, and Leanne's just like completely bandwagoned it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it wasn't right. even her idea, and she's acting like he's crapped in her cornflakes. <laughs> I bet she doesn't have cornflakes. She probably has. <sighs> Brand, yeah, brown <laughs> muesli or something. She's like, I don't want to enjoy a second of my day. <laughs> Grape nuts. Grape nuts. <laughs> I don't want any pleasure anywhere. 
Uh, she, her, her alarm on her phone is probably just the sound of like a pneumatic drill. <laughs> she wakes up and goes, yeah, another bad day for Leanne. Great. Oh, what's happened to you, Leanne? When and, you, back in the late 90s, you were probably high on lucky charms and things. And when she goes to bed, she like sleeps on a breeze block. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yes, this is what I deserve, Leanne. Better nails, I think. Sad. <laughs> I live a sad life. Right, so um, that's the end of that. That's the end of that. Um, I I did enjoy her stirring what I'm not even sure was actually a pan, (laughs) let alone anything in the pan. But she spent a lot of time stirring it. Mm. The the Adam story did get going. The Adam side of the story, which I realize is not really related to anything we've said so far. Well, that's the end of that then, and then we move on to Adam. Adam with Didi, who is actually the world's best lawyer. It's related because of Damon. And she can do but she can do lawyering in any country. Yes. Um and, and Adam's like, everyone hates me because of my ponytail and the fact that my partner is dead. I did nice that Imran did get quite a few shout outs this week. Well but He's yeah. like, we're going out of business. And Adam's Dee Dee's hair like, hasn't gone uncommented on online. That's all. And Dee Dee says, I didn't realise how bad things were. And he's like, well, I would never admit it. And she says, don't worry, we'll be able to turn it around. Because I'm a hotshot lawyer. Because I'm the best lawyer in the world. And also, here is my Rising Star award. Dee Dee Bailey Rising Star. That's, we, we need to see more. We what? saw when she came in. We did, she did a we great did job get a demonstration James. of her being a good lawyer but since then I just feel like we've just been told every single scene that Dee Dee is the best lawyer in the world and I don't believe it I'm sure we've seen her in court doing something else but I can't yeah. remember what it is we've now. seen her a few times and she I mean she's a bog standard I'm gonna say to she's use a fairly average lawyer parlance. or what, solicitor or whatever I mean she hasn't had the Imran in court no. Um, taken down Jeff Metcalf moment no, has she? she that's what she needs she well, you're right we are just being told over and over again yeah so on Friday actions not words another client is it turns Adam down and he's devastated I don't know why because it sounds like it was about a fence <laughs> it was another bloody boundary dispute and my Sorry, question I think it was Jeremy is, Barramy back again from last year how much money can he be milking them for this fence <laughs> How much money has he lost really out of this? Oh yeah. I really? Don't know. How much is it it must be bad he if just this is like nobody's interested snatching in him food anymore. out of his children's mouths. Yeah, I think he's, he has I think the reason why he's really bitter about this is clearly they're losing all these clients because the only reason people came to Barlow's before is because they liked Hunky Imran. Yeah. And he's like, and oh, I heard... thought I was the handsome one, but clearly it's not me. He heard that there was sh- everyone kept coming because they heard there was shagging going on in the office, and they thought they might better join in. Yeah, but know. the Randy one's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, Damon turns up, and uh, he's looking for Dee Dee because they went out with each other very briefly. And Adam's like, Adam doesn't know. No, he doesn't know who he is. He kind of introduces him. And Dee Dee arrives, and she's like, "Oh no, not you!" And she tells Adam this guy, who this guy is before telling him to get lost. They, they they said that he's out on bail, didn't they? I think they needed a little bit more explanation of why he was there. It took too long for the viewers to be told this is why he bail. is back now. You, well, you could assume you could have, yeah, it's, um, you don't always remember what the last thing that happened with the character is when no, they've not been it, in it. For it was so a long, long, it was, you know, four or five well, weeks. Well, presumably maybe. that's why we had Nick and Leanne sniping at each other because... 
Yeah, it was, it was her, let's existed. remind the viewers. Um, so, uh, she goes, get out of here, you horrible rich man who has lots of lawyer needs. We don't need you here. <laughs> and Adam's like, oh, wait a minute. A rich man, <laughs> you see. So later on, Adam's like, cash. Mm. Adam's like, right, call me crazy, DD, but I'm thinking to myself, we could be lawyers for Damon. And she's like, no, I will never represent anyone who's done any crimes. It's like, hello, Alia. <laughs> she does this all the time. She's like, we can't represent somebody who's morally indefensible. I could never do that, even though I am the world's greatest lawyer. Adam's just like banging his head against the wall at this like, point. Like, what did you people expect you were going to do? Why are you working here? Why don't you go and work for, like, the Crown Prosecution Service or mm. something? It is funny. You know what I mean? It is funny stuff. What did you think you were going to be doing? You want to work on fences all your life or do you want to do something exciting? Because this is exciting. He's in drugs. He does drugs. And he's not the only one who does drugs. Have you seen Carla recently? Hmm. Anyway. Um, so she's like, no way. We can't do it. And I want a face-off between Rufus and Damon. That's killed that conversation <laughs> dead, hasn't it? <laughs> Uh, okay, well, we'll see what happens. Um, oh, they're on each other's turf, you know. Yeah, I know. He's gonna. He wants to be the sole purveyor of LSD to. Stephen doesn't need it anymore anyway. He's got oh, rid of Lloyd, of uh, Carla. Mm. So, um, Damon comes back. Adam invites him back, and Adam's like, honestly, I can't believe the gall of this man to sit in what is actually a dump. That office. Looks like a dump, doesn't it? I know, I'd kind of give them the benefit of the doubt in the opening year of the business, maybe. It, but Barlow's legal services has been going you know, quite a while like now. The and nobody's ropiest, cleaned up. Shoddiest hole where you would imagine that you work, you know. Mm. What what kind of. Yeah, they should be working on fences. <laughs> and he's like, listen, I know you've got a bunch of hotshot lawyers, but we're better because we don't spend our money on decorations and real coffee we have we're so busy we have instant coffee yeah um and we want to do a but we can do a better job and he's like i'm listening and adam says yeah dee dee's the best in the world and she'll walk the floor (laughs) with whoever's going up against him and dee dee's like i'm not gonna lie i am the best actually the universe the whole universe. Nobody's yeah. ever been as lawyery as she is, and they've got even got a little thing on an iPad. It's got literally all of her stuff that she's ever done. Yeah, and like, we didn't get to see it too closely. And he looks at it. He's like, "This is mostly American things." And she's like, "Yes, that's right. Nobody can check because it all happens in America." Mm. It's like it says here that you tried Donald Trump and found him guilty <laughs> of war crimes. She's like, "That is correct. I assume you didn't watch the news." And he's like, "No." And she's like, "Brilliant." <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he's, she's like, yeah, mostly is America, but I also negotiated my, um, my brother for a football contract. And he's like, your brother, James Bailey, who is no longer a footballer. And what did she negotiate? Was that what it was? Well, I she thought got it was him just got a decent dismissal. Severance money, pay or, severance or whatever. Pay, yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, and he's like, uh, all right. Yeah. Sounds funny. She's like, hang on a minute. I haven't decided if I want to be your lawyer and, uh, maybe I will. I'm not sure. Because <sighs> oh, Damon's like interested because he wants to get back with her. Mm. And um, he leaves. And Dee Dee's like, how are we, we going to look people in the eye? This guy's terrorised people. Our neighbours 
It's a bad idea. Adam's kind of a couple of times, I think, during the episode saying, oh, well, it's not a conflict of interest. It's like, like oh, uh, I, think, I think it kind of is. Well, she would know, and she's the best lawyer in the world. You know, it's, it's maybe fine. it's not a legal conflict of interest, but I, I can't think that Sarah's going to be too happy when this she finds out. This is what annoys out. me about why they couldn't have Toya be a counsellor. Because if it, you know, it doesn't stop Adam from like taking on everybody's cases against everybody else left, right, and centre. He did. He did say like at the end of the scene. Yeah, we need to keep this one under our hats. Let's see how well that goes, Daniel. I'm sure it'll be done perfectly. Mm. And um, Damon's watching Nick. Yeah, he's doing a bit of stalking out in the at the end of the episode. So we don't know what he's up to. We assume he's gonna. Get his revenge on Nick. He's, he's had his nose put out of joint here. Mm. Um, I, I'm about as interested as Damon's plans for revenge as I was Damon's plans for dealing drugs and lording it over the bistro, by which I mean not really at all interested. So this coming back into it today has kind of filled me with despair, I'm going to say. If, I'm not going to say I'm... <sighs> it's like, yeah, it's kind of nice that Dee Dee's got something to do. Yeah, it's going to <laughs> See, the interesting thing about this is that Dee Dee's actually the only the only uh, solicitor character who I think actually does have a moral, <laughs> like, real conflict of interest kind of idea about worrying about defending somebody. Because Imran was a bit of a shark, but he ended up being the good guy when they had the Yasmin case, didn't mm. he? Because he was Yasmin's yeah, lawyer, Yeah, right? he was, he was he generally was the good on guy. the side of good. Um, we we've never really seen. Have we seen Adam and? No, I, I I I think he does different types of lawyering. He I, does I fence lawyering. I'm sure people have told us. And him. we've had um, who was Sophie's girlfriend? Paula. Martin. Paula, who supposedly was a was a lawyer, but we never yeah, saw she was her a proper anything. hot shot. No, I'm sure we did. Well, anyway, but actually having um Dee Dee represent Damon. And actually trying really hard to get him off is going to be interesting if she actually does do mm. it because she's the best lawyer in the world, so she's going to get him. She's going to get him found not guilty. I think that she probably will. She I think, will, and and I hope she does it in a good way. I I really need there to be a top notch script when Dee Dee does her. I want her to set, I want her to like have. Leanne on the stand and like rip her to shreds and then sit down in disgust and be like, what have I become? She she needs to, like who, she needs to be the one that goes up against Stephen or something like. Damon no, is such. Yeah, but a he's small not in fry. that storyline. We're talking about the storyline we got now. I don't. I don't I'm think talking she can about do the possibility to... of of having her actually imagine if she had Sam on the stand and she was like, well, did you ever see him do any? Anything? No, you know. Yeah, oh, that that reminds that would me a bit be of, really when, interesting. of when um, Imran had a go at um, Asha. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Didn't yeah, take no prisoners right. to do. And he was like, had to do what he had to that, do. Yeah, that's true. And that was when they had he had that confrontation with Dev, and he's mm. like, I've only just begun. Speaking of Dev, oh, hat. Hatman. Say no more. What was that? Like, I think Jimmy had just turned up at work yeah. one day. Yeah, and so, everyone was hey too guys, scared to I ask him. I think that today Dev should wear a hat. And everyone's like, just let him do it. <laughs> yeah, just whatever, Jimmy. Okay. Hat and a beard. He looked a bit, um, he looked like kind he of Elvis Costello-ish, kind of, I, I think. He looked like he wanted to be in Benidorm. Yeah. But it's not on What anymore. type of hat was that? Fedora? I don't know. I don't it's know. It's just hat. like, 
Any brim cat is a fedora. I know they're different. What on earth was that? What on but earth? to me, they're all fedoras. But fan, it feels like it's been a while since we've had some good quality deving on the, on the Coronation Street. So very pleased for this. And he did make a, a, an appearance in Evelyn's story today. I know, what, didn't he? what did he give her? I'll never know now. I know. I thought yeah, he was going to give her was. one of these um, burgers you can heat up in thirty seconds. Mm, we don't, we never he was really that. into that. Yeah. So it is Evelyn's birthday today. Seventy-seven today. And, um, she's I don't got, think they ever mentioned that. Yes, Where did you get it? Oh, all right. I definitely did. Um, and and then she got a lovely homemade card from the girls, and and a card with some uh, making fun of old people from Tyrone, which she is not appreciative like of. No, and uh, and and they're really keen that she has some sort of party, and she's not too. <sighs> chuffed about the idea but she goes along with it because um, I think she thinks it's a chance to get Roy round and she's a bit randy for Roy she's randy for Roy mm. the way she talked about this card she's saying oh no other there's no other group that is acceptable to make fun of like it is the elderly everyone's always picking on us it's like oh calm down Griff she's <laughs> yeah. going to turn into like the, the old age version of, uh, yeah. of a white supremacist <laughs> what would that be an old age supremacist white haired supremacist around uh, the community centre being like these younguns they're like crayfish <laughs> um, anyway so she, she goes to the cafe and gets chatting with Roy and um, they just have a little lovely little skit together and it ends in her inviting him to her non-party because she's she's like uh, oh whatever you know, if you don't want any you candles, come, if, you, if you're too busy, don't bother. But that she really seems to have um, ramped up the affections for Roy, hasn't she? There's been slight hints of it in the past, but this they were really hammering home that she's she's sweet. On she's him. a bit sweet on him, exactly. Well, no, she's Evelyn, so she's a bit sour on him because she <laughs> can't do. So they have the party, they have the cake, they have the decorations and everything. She's got a lovely jigsaw of Cerberus from um, Hope, was it? I think that gave her that. Ruby's got her a box of Kenners, and um, yeah, Evelyn just keeps saying, "Oh, I'm sure Roy'll be here soon. I don't want to open all the presents, but alas, Roy can't come because he's too busy putting out Carla's flaming toast." So. <laughs> Um, she sees him in the in the street later and is a bit you know, narked at him, but um, and she says, "Well, just for your information, it was a lovely party and you weren't missed." So that's her way of saying, "I love you." Yeah. Well, once again, Evelyn is you know a bit snitty with Roy, but I'm sure they'll make up. It's like with kids in the playground; if they pick on you, it's because they fancy you. Mm. I liked the Evelyn's line today where um, Roy said, "No need to be facetious," and she says, "Why not? It's about the only pleasure I have left." I thought that That's was my funny. Top line today, but um, good stuff. I, do you do you want something to happen with Evelyn and Roy? Well, as usual, I'm baffled about how old everybody is, but they're a very similar age. Yeah, the yeah, actors are. I yeah. don't know how old Roy is, but um, I'm I'm gonna say the they're, are like they're similar enough that it doesn't apart. really make any difference. I yeah. I don't. I, I don't think they're completely they're not suited work. to each other, are they? It's not going to work. They make a great double act, a really, really great double act, and um, I think I think it would. I would be fine if they did something like they did with Audrey and, and uh, Ken back in the day, where they were like, "Should we? Should we?" And they're like, "Tried it," and they're like, "Nah." Yeah, I mean, Roy, as we've seen with Kathy, isn't completely adverse to. You know, trying somebody else out. Now Haley's kicked the bucket. And it could make a fun little, you know... Trying... Six... One does not try Evelyn out, Michael. <laughs> little six-week story, maybe. I want to see more stuff in the charity shop. Yeah, me too. They, they need to get that set built pronto. And, um, you know, as a, as a 
as a duo, you know, Mavis and Rita style shop <laughs> duo, they could be great, but they, they just haven't quite lent into it far enough yet. So um, anyway, that is it for this week's Coronation Street. Um, once again, darling, I have to say I very much enjoyed discussing all that with you, but um, how how are we going to score this week's Coronation Street? Well, mm? Mm? like, you know, it went downhill, didn't it? Yes, it partly maybe... because it was dead exciting. Like Monday, the Justin um, arrest, the Beth and Marco in the restaurant, the the Sam in a tie. I mean, that was proper gold. That was, that was. so there was the it's only like way fall. was down from there. But it just felt like Wednesdays was just a bit, oh, whatever. I'm not too interested in today's. Had its moments. Um, I enjoyed a lot of the stories though. And I quite liked my life. I loved Miley. Yeah, I mean, I com- I complained. Well, I didn't really complain. I I mentioned the fact that we didn't have the Paul Wonky Hand story this week, but I'm not really that fussed about that. I am still just a bit miffed that with the Amy and Aaron stories falling off a cliff, but I'm sure it'll come back soon enough. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it three and a half. Three. I'm going to say three. A, a good, a good strong three. But not quite three and a half. I'm giving it three risks worth taking. Are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, what about you? <laughs> I'm going to give it three and a half behind the back Werther's Originals, which is what uh, Faye accused Tim of yeah. smuggling to Miley. Nice Do they have Werther's Originals in Canada? Yeah, why not? Um, okay, character of Lassa Men. Um, oh, very, very Quebec. I'm not going to say Carla because she's just a misery guts although Alison King was great good performance well listen this stuff. is the thing about all these misery gut women you know they are the actresses who play them are playing the part as they're supposed to yeah but still yet despite all the, the misery and, and hardships and everything she's gone by it hasn't really hit Daisy yet I'm not fed up of days. You know, she's you know she's getting stalked. She's having a bad time. There's a but difference I'm... between being a misery guts and being being um, having misery heaped upon you. Yeah, so she's reacting to it in a good way. I'm not finding. Oh, I'm not okay. thinking. Oh, Daisy, you're just crying and moaning and whinging all the time because she's well, not. She's she's you know, she's being strong. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I'm just don't agree with you that um, Carla and Leanne are uh, miserable because the the uh because of the plot i think they're supposed to be miserable um i think that my character like grumpy girls of the week is going to end up being <laughs> oh who is oh, it going I don't to know. be it's a hard one um i want to give the, it i could think of lots of people for monday but then did they did they carry on for the rest of the week i'm gonna give it to Stephen because what? i like the way that the episode ended today with him like king of the world mm. and uh sitting there feeling like he's won and um i also really liked it when rufus confronted him and him squirming and like his desperate look of panic um he's so, i think he's great i love i love todd boys i love Stephen. i think um, I'm in, I, I'm I'm ready for like you say a bit of hibernation for the story, as Stephen just gets on with the job, mm. um, and then okay. eventually murders Rufus. Okay. Oh, it's really hard. Really can't decide. I'm like going between Daisy, Evelyn, 
Beth even. Don't think I can give it to Beth because she is being very stupid about about sneaking about on her phone and stuff. Well, Coronation um, Street is a, not a programme about everybody making very sensible decisions, is it? Um, I really can't decide. Is it Evelyn just for today? Um, but it's her birthday. Yeah. Yeah, come on then. Oh. This is what I used to do. It's annoying. Ooh, I'm going to give it to Daisy again. I can't help it. I don't know. I keep giving it to Daisy. But she was so great on Monday when she stood up to, 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 to Justin and, and it was a risk worth taking. But um, yeah, I liked I all the dirty her. looks that she gave I Daniel as well today when he was telling her that she, she had to make Tracy a prize. She's so, so brilliant. She's so, so good. Tell you who's not going to be my character of the week and has managed to avoid... Possibly getting a single mention this week. Yeah. Um, Steve McDonald. Uh, was he in it? Yes, he was bloody in it. Arsing him. There was that good scene, actually, fairly good, that I sort of missed first time around that you pointed out when he's on the phone and it feels like he's... It's it's written to make it look like he was talking to Tracy and saying, oh, I'm sorry, oh, I can't come, can't come home. I'm gonna... That was clever writing. And, and, and it turned out it was him. But he was driving down the road in his cab at one point and he was just steaming it up. Well, that's what he does. Right, okay, you done moaning? Should we do news? Yes, anyway, um, not too bad a week (laughs) of Coronation Street. Let's move on. All right, we are in the cabin. There is news. Is there news, Gemma? Uh, Is there? There is news. We've just found out. That we are in the news. I don't like it. Well. <laughs> Literally, just in the pause between reading the street, doing the street dog and doing this, we 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 noticed it was Nancy, wasn't it? She posted on our on our Twitter, and somebody had posted it on our Facebook group that the sun got hold of the picture of us. Well, a picture of me and Georgia and Charlie and George in 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 in, in the French restaurant. They made a news item about it. So that's so weird. It's so weird. It's not weird. Um, Been doing a podcast <laughs> for ten years. It should be in the news. And they even called me Michael in it, and there wasn't even any reference to Michael in the news. They knew that you were the podcast host. I I find it creepy and weird. Who sees it? That was the bread I was eating, and I feel violated. Apparently, our our table was littered with bread baskets. We only had two drinks and bread baskets. I would like to point out that I drank water, I had tap water. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I did. No, excuse me, I did. I oh, know you did. You're right. You did. You did absolutely. That was my um, drink that I littered the table with. Um, yeah. Well, the, the the main thrust of the article was, oh, doesn't George look different when he doesn't have a beard? But anyway, you got to write something, haven't you? Thank you to uh, Emily Hurst for for picking up on my Instagram snap and and crediting Conversation Street as well, which uh, we've which had a go at them before. certain. Um, uh, I think the papers just... haven't always done in the past. Oh. oh, it's fun! It's it's a load of fun. This is why I'm. This is why I'm never in pictures. This this is why Gemma is never in pictures, right? Because um... I don't want him to get in the papers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, god! I tell you what, what, when I was younger, and I used to read about famous people that didn't like like to be fake, like to be in press. No photos, darling. I'd be like, oh, it's like when people win the lottery, and they're like. Oh, I'm not going to move house or, ch- or quit my job. I was like, what's the point then? It won't change me. But like, if I ever say, you know, when the murders happen and I become famous, I'm going to be so shy. Hmm? What, what? murders? <laughs> <laughs> I can't.
can't see what I'm going to get famous for now. I'm too old. Well, it's clearly podcasting. You take the pictures, don't you? Yeah. I mean, you should be the one that gets the credit, really. How much money do I get? Nothing. Oh. Nothing. Um, anyway, well, I'm glad that that was in there, because apart from that, it's a yet another fairly slim pickings week in the cabin. Um, and, and the only reason that I've really put the cabin in this week is we didn't have it last week. But you know what? As you said earlier on the show, it is 20 years since the Richard Hillman canal plunge la, 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 over la, 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 at um, la, 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 the Ashton la, la, Basin or wherever la, la, la. it is. And Brian Capron has been having an interview with Radio Times. So I thought that was quite interesting. Why doesn't he want to be interviewed by conversation maybe he does maybe he doesn't know i mean you know what if brian capron is a sun reader he's gonna he might be like no one's gonna admit no one will ever admit they read the sun oh wouldn't that be great to have brian capron on the podcast yes please anyway um i just found a few interesting quotes just reach out yeah i'd love it um after i started Sorry, he's not northern in the slightest. Coronation Street went back to Longburn storylines. The writers saw something in Richard and moved him to centre stage. I got my first one-hour special when Dougie died. He's not, not got let again to his head or anything. Um, it was a brilliant storyline with so many twists and turns. Um, he says, I concentrated very hard on making him very human and very loving towards the Platts, and that really paid off. In his mind, he was doing everything for them. Definitely kind of got that. We were in kind of prime Richard... Uh, Hillman era in classic Coronation Street and ITV3 he's just got married to Gail this week and um, that that was a side to him they definitely did very well I think making him a family man and mm. um, not not just some you know crazy psycho this is interesting my wife told me that whenever Richard was threatening people and had exclamation marks in his lines she told me to calm it down and just be quiet and at the end of one scene, when Richard is threatening Norris, I remember director. I, I remember a director saying to me, "Now do your look." What look? You know your look. I didn't really know what he meant, but that was how the character grew and grew. It was really exciting. We have to watch that scene back now and see him do the look. Well, I mean, there was a scene just recently where he was threatening Norris, and he took him round the riding. So I'm wondering whether that was it. He was just doing the look. Oh, the look. The, the dirt look. look. <laughs> Look. Um, the underwater scenes were filmed in Fleetwood at a North Sea helicopter rescue centre. I think it was the first time ever in soap that they'd filmed underwater shots. That's an interesting fact, if true. I remember that being in the news at the time. I remember watching like TBAM the next day or GMTV or whatever it was back then and them having lots of behind the scenes, here's how they filmed the Richard Hillman canal plunge. It was really cool stuff, wasn't it? Having the plats all floating around and little... I mean, this is why I, I wouldn't be a director because mm-hmm. or, or like in charge or responsible for anybody's human life because I'd be like, do we have to go to an helicopter? Just chuck a center? bucket of water over You there. guys know how to swim, don't you? Can well, we not just drive you in, in the... You can get out of a car. <laughs> Helen Worth die. couldn't swim, could she? Isn't, isn't that, Am I remembering rightly? She didn't know how, how to know? swim or she had to learn how to swim or something. Anyway, apparently we all learned to be underwater. We were all inside the car and we had breathing apparatus and we had our eyes closed. Then they'd count down, shout action, get rid of the breathing apparatus and then we had to start acting. It wouldn't be acting, would it? They had like little Jack P. Shepherd, who was what? 10, 11, 12 years old when this was going swim, on. Swim, swim. Um, anyway, it, it was a really interesting interview. If you if you uh, want to, um, you know, wallow in, in Corrie and Richard Hillman's saga nostalgia, head over to radiotimes.com and, and read the rest because there's lots of great stuff there. And, um, you know, maybe petition him to come on Conversation Street just for the anniversary. 
it would be lovely. Um, now, Gemma, this one's right up your street. Fellow October the 2nd birthday person, Simon Gregson. Oh, I thought you were talking about Gandhi. No. Um, he's he got a leg update first. I feel bad about this. No, well, he's, uh, he's on the mend. You know, we've seen him driving down the street in Coronation Street now. He's doing fine, but he did say it hurts all the time. That's horrible. He says, it's driving me mad. And I think it's just a case of having to wait quite a while until it's fully better. I can't do the things I usually do. But, you know, as I said, maybe in a few more months, I'll be back to way one condition. Stop kicking dogs. Maybe that's where Rover's got to, yeah. Um, Anyway, he was saying that he was on Good Morning Britain earlier this week. He doesn't kick dogs, really. He doesn't. Um, He's... This is what? this is right up your street, you and it just makes me go. Excuse me, what does that mean? It's like on in in character and out. Simon Gregson does get a bit of an eye roll from me, but he's Don't been be inviting ass. ghost hunter Barry Gar, psychic medium Ian Lawman, Brilliant. and paranormal researcher Jane Harris to his home because he thinks. That it's haunted by a woman in white. Nice. And I'll tell you who that means it isn't. Hmm. It's not Kim Marsh. Black nice. all the way for her. You wouldn't be able to see her in the dark. No. <laughs> that's the perfect go. She is the bistro ninja, isn't yeah. she? Um, Until she smiles at you. So this, and this, that's the last thing you see. This has all been filmed for a series on Discovery Plus, which isn't the Discovery Channel, I'm sad to say, because we had a look for that earlier to see if it was on <laughs> so we could record it for Gemma, but it's a subscription I want to watch this. Why are people selfish? Mm. Um, the programme is called Celebrity Help. No. My House is Haunted. No, I think you've written this right. I think it's called Celebrity Help, my house is haunted. Oh, yes, that it's makes much more sense. It's not called Celebrity Help. <laughs> I would love this if it was really called Celebrity Help, my house is... And it could be a series of, like, Celebrity Help, my dishwasher's broken. <laughs> <laughs> celebrity Help. My cellar is leaking. I need my grout retiling, redoing. <laughs> celebrity Help, I've got a load of insects downstairs. I need somebody to eat them, and apparently you've all been doing that in yeah. the jungle for years. So he's it's been on now. It's been on tonight, but um, who knows what happened? I don't know. Has anybody subscribed to Discovery Plus? <laughs> I don't know. We need to get we need to get this now. There's probably a free trial of Discovery Plus if you want to find a load of paranormal people. Didn't didn't Simon Gregson get involved in the most haunted in the old Coronation Street? Yeah. It seems like the sort of thing that he would be getting up to. I love to it. be fair. But um, yeah, he says as soon as the team set up their equipment yeah. in my house, yeah. they're all picking up voices of the spirits. Ooh. Allegedly. No, they dis- will you shut up? I'm just adding my own commentary. All this here. is real. They discovered yeah. that in the late 1800s, right. a woman called Sarah Ann, yeah. her baby, and her mother Susanna had okay. all been murdered near our house by Susanna's husband oh, and God. Sarah Ann's stepfather William. No, that's the same man. Hmm? You make it sound like they t- they tag teamed. Oh, yes, no, they are, diff- they are the same person. You're really not. The- Sarah Ann. Doing, yeah. I'm an excellent reader out louder. It's celebrity help. <laughs> celebrity help. I need to read a quote from Simon Gregson. Celebrity help. There's two men after me, but they also might be one man. They're, they're not going to be phoning me up on the voice, uh, the voiceover people. <laughs> the script. The script <laughs> certainly not for improv either. Right. Sarah Ann had given birth out of wedlock. Oh, shame. And the women were found in their nightdresses and our houses on the old brickworks where William worked. Ian thought the woman in white was Sarah Ann. It was startling to hear because it's a horrific story. Oh. So there we go. Simon Gregson's house is haunted. And cool. if you want to find out, you know, what happened what when they, they about had that, ghost hunter Barry Gar, Barry spelt B-A-R-R-I, just to show how kooky he is. It might be a lady. 
Might be Barry. Or maybe it is a lady. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I bet anyway, you if I up, Discovery I bet you. Plus streaming now. Um, if anyone wants to review it and let us know um, how how funny it is, um, do let us know. It's not going to be funny. It's going to be horrific. I bet you if I Google this person's name, I bet you there's going to be a picture of them with smoke in the background, like with a with the dark black background with like a light. I don't think there is. I think I saw a picture and there's just a house in the background. But there was a, oh. there was a snap of Simon Grace. Very God just looks like just a cool dude. Is he it a wears man? sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, right. Lastly, speaking of cool dudes, if James... you want, you can go on a ghost hunt with him to Warmly Clock Tower. I do not want that. On Saturday, the first of April. I do not want a, a ghost hunt on first of April. Come on, that writes itself. Right. Speaking of cool dudes, James Burroughs, famous for playing Ali Neeson in Coronation Street, has been doing a bit of um, bit of the old press release stuff recent, not press release interviews recently because he's got a new show on Netflix, which I've neglected to write down in my notes here. So I apologise, James Burroughs. But there was an article. Why are you article, talking about if you don't? Know well, no, there, there was the, there was a headline of the article which. Um, took about half a line in the actual article itself, but it's James Burroughs on why he left Corrie. Gemma, do you want to know why James Burroughs left Corrie? Why? It was a weird one, really. Okay. That's his quote. He also says, it just wasn't for me personally, hence why I left. So they made a whole article about him saying it was weird and he didn't really like it. I think we kind of got that impression off James Burroughs when he was in the show. Not that we ever met him or spoke to him or anything. I think some of the other interviews... No, from his performances, like, he was like, I can't... Has he phoned it in a bit? Sorry. Um, uh, uh, No, I I I think that some of the things he was doing and saying on on social media and interviews just kind of gave me the vibe that he wasn't, you know, curry for life. No. Um, I like that. I, 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 I stand James Burroughs because this I don't give a crap attitude is refreshing. Why did you leave Corey? That was a weird one. <laughs> cool. And that's, I love it. Why, that's why the say news. anything else? That is I the need news to add this something week. to Have this. Because I looked up Barry. Barry you're you're going to be obsessed with this now. Barry Gar. I'm not sure that's his name. I think it's Barry Guy. Oh, did I copy that down wrong? It's Barry, and then it's G H A I. Oh, fine. I don't know, but Barry God, can I just like tell you this? He's trademarked a phrase for his ghost hunting activities, which I feel like could have been written by James Burroughs in his "I don't really care" phrase. Bring on the ghosts! <laughs> <laughs> Bring on the ghosts! It's trademarked. That's low you effort. Do we have to give him money? Are we allowed to say that? I think it's too late. He's not going to find out. It reminds it? me of that. Bring on the wall. I was going to say that. Bring on the wall. Bring on the ghosts! <laughs> now I would watch a television show where. Instead of them bringing on a wall, because if you don't know, who's that guy? Dale Winton. Dale Winton used to present a game show where they would have this big, like, was it made out of polystyrene? I I think they copied it off America. And it used to, the wall used to sort of advance upon you slowly, like a steamroller. And it had a... He said that so poshly. I know, I just (laughs) don't know know how that came out like that, but it did. Right, and and it would have a shape of of a body and you had to contort yourself into strange... Into strange movements. Otherwise, you um, get knocked into the pool of water. You get knocked into the pool of water. But imagine that, but instead it's ghosts. <laughs> Just a wall of ghosts. Well, yeah. Bring the, on the ghosts! If, the, if, if there's a wall of ghosts coming towards you, so surely they just phase right through you and you'll be fine. Maybe you get possessed. If, you, if you're standing in the wrong place, you get possessed by a ghost. Maybe. 
that could be quite entertaining. Look into it. Anyway. Feedback time. There wasn't any news this week, really, was there? But we managed to fill a good 10 minutes or so with it. Um, so, so let's go on with our feedback now. What? Anyway, anyway, we're just having a little giggle about something. Um, it's the news now, everybody. Ugh. Apparently, last week's Coronation Street was quite good, according it's not to the, the news, fine folks. It's the feedback. Oh, sorry, that was yeah. We, we were just thinking about. We were the thinking news. about the news. Now it's feedback time, and as I was saying, apparently <laughs> last week's Coronation Street was quite good, according to the fine folks in our Facebook group. Bring we, on the ghosts! They gave it three point nine three out of five. Oh, I'm so bummed out that he trademarked that because that's actually really? it's growing on me. Bring on the ghosts. I really like it now. Mm. Right, Rebecca gave it three and a half salt and vinegar crisps in a butter. Butter? Fiona gave it four stalkers in a neck brace. And John was your favourite. Gave it four boxes of crunchy discos with no free toy inside. Tragic, tragic. Thank you, everybody, for joining in. Mm. What are you thinking about? I'm just thinking about what was the other retro thing we were talking about earlier. And it was... Do you know what? When we were when we were young, oh, we used yeah. to have toys in our box of cereal. Yeah. Toys in box of cereal. It's your chin. Chin, chin who reckon? <laughs> um, we have got an email from lovely Susan, all the way from the other side of the world, who says, good evening, Gemma and Michael. How do you know? I've been listening, as always, and enjoying your conversation around the storylines. Just finished the episode where Justin comes around the back door. Oh, no. We were misses. Wow, I know you've probably already discussed, but this story, plus Amy's plight, Holmes winning personality... No, not hope. To, hopes? What did I say? Home. Hope's winning personality, not to mention the killer Stephen, is really making for good tele. Often, because I know the characters and the set so well, I listen to the street as if I was listening to a radio play. This is not as difficult as it sounds and gives me pleasure as I am working away in the garden. Wait till you hear about the Parent arches. for winter now, Gemma. But not the last few episodes. Have had to abandon and sit down, watch and enjoy. I can't wait until the next episodes. Now isn't that what good drama is all about? It is true, the podcast enhances the experience as well. So thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, Susan. I wonder whether many other people, that's an interesting point, ever, like, how much they listen to Coronation Street. Well, you do. Versus, yeah, I listen to classic Coronation Street often. Like, there's so bloody much classic. I wish they'd just do one episode a day on ITV3. They don't have what to do... What is it, two? They don't have to do two episodes that's a day. Too it's much. really quite a commitment. Um, but, yeah, so sometimes I will listen in the shower and have the audio yeah. description on, which it is, is a lot really of fun. It's really funny. The audio, do you know, do you have this, Susan, in New Zealand? Yeah, can you listen to it with audio description? Because it does help. Yeah. They even describe what's going on in the intro sequence. Yeah. Milk float trundles down the cobbled streets of Coronation Street. (laughs) Two cats meet in an alleyway. Is it the same every time? It depends on who's doing it. Really? Yeah, there's sometimes... So they've all been asked to give their own spin on it, have they? Yeah, they have. It's very handy to have you having a shower... And there's like, you know, things going on that you can't tell from the dialogue. It's quite good. It's quite good. But it doesn't beat watching it. But well, sometimes sometimes you. it would be handy to have the audio description on when we're watching it. Because you're there tweeting away. I'm there making notes away. And we probably do miss quite important things. We know we do. We definitely do. Um, anyway, thank you, Susan. It's nice hearing from you again. And um, Enjoy Gemma, your garden um, tidying yes. for winter. Um, Gemma, I can't believe you just took a slurp of drink when it's your turn to read Rebecca's email. Because I knew that. If I started talking before I did, my tea would get cold. This is hardly any of it left. Mm. Right, Rebecca says, Still enjoying the Daisy story, and I thought it was great how Justin started dating Daisy's mum, as he can't get Daisy. 
petty, I know, but very Justin to do that. I'm also wondering if Daisy needs to get hurt in some way, as like you said at the moment, there doesn't seem to be any evidence. And even if Dave, Daniel did the wrong thing in punching Justin, even though I think he did the right thing as he was provoked, I still think the court wouldn't have given the prevention order. No. I, what? No. Oh, yes. I don't know. Sorry, I was I just know, joining. I wasn't... Sorry, I have to admit, I wasn't completely listening there. Sorry, Rebecca. Yeah, <laughs> that's really bad. Um, I've got your full attention now. I think Dan, Daisy and Daniel will get the wedding back on track, but maybe it will be on the original date, so the end of May. And even though I would love to see Daisy at a stunning venue, I think it will be a venue more Fizz and Phil, something in between. Daisy and Phil's was quite stunning. Um, a fancy tent with lights It was and a everything. fancy tent, but it wasn't exactly, you know, Heiko Castle. It wasn't exactly Tatton Hall. All right. Daisy will look stunning, though. I think we all agree on that, Rebecca. There's I no don't, way yeah, I, she's not going to look a, a million bucks. I want to see what Jenny's going to wear to the oh, wedding. Mother of the oh, What's going to be on her oh, head? Here's my prediction. Christine and Jenny, same outfit. Mother of the bride. Oh, that would could that would really be happen. That, would be that is a great prediction, Gemma. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love that. And as we all know, Coronation Street listens to oh, me and furiously writes everything down and then does it the next week because they definitely would have time to do that, like with the LSD thing. Um, Rebecca, it's good, isn't it? Good oh, idea. Man, right. this is so happen. I know. Um, Rebecca says, I'm liking the pacing of the Amy story, especially as I think it will continue when the Daisy story will end. No, it didn't, did it? No, it didn't. This has um, gone off a cliff. Summer is driving me mad, especially with all our, oh, Aaron is the best. I'm thinking Daisy asked Amy, as Daniel is kind of linked to Amy, and it also kind of fits into the whole Amy wants to shy away, but she can't, as she's a bridesmaid. Also, I like the mention of Rob as well, and Amy saying which one about Tracy's weddings. Uh, Beth is doing my head in, but I do think she is being catfished, as I don't think her ex would look that good, Steve, for instance. I really want to get... See, there you go. That that validates what I said to you about oh. Marco's picture. I don't think that Marco was... I think he was no, I on think the, the upper picture, end of average in real life. The picture was a very glamorous shot. Yeah. But Marco, I wouldn't say he looked as modelly as he did in this picture. No. I'm not saying he was as ugly. I mean, he's obviously not ugly. I, he's a good-looking guy. I, I, can't, I, I don't really know what the, the Beths romantic timeline was because I know that when she came into the show as one of Steve's ex-girlfriends he was like really surprised at how she doesn't look the same as she used to but Marco didn't seem to you know have that same um yeah thingy yeah preconception of what she should look like but anyway he just you know he knows that beauty is um only skin deep it's fleeting or less than skin deep what's the phrase beauty is what's inside that counts a... And she's got a load of chips and kebabs. Uh, right, okay. So, um, <laughs> I really want Kirk to get rid of her, but knowing Kirk, he won't. I am loving Glenda in the story, especially when she asked Beth if she had her, asked her ex for her 12-inch back. See, Rebecca thought it was funny. <laughs> I absolutely love Sam and Hope together, even though, uh, but he do you know that Hope will have Sam grave. wrapped around her little finger? Faye will be 21 in answer to, to your question, but yes, Jackson does look a lot older than 21. I loved Ken and Bertie and Tim watching them made me want made him want to meet Miley. Tim loved Miley when she was a baby, so I love that they brought that back into his character. I'm also curious why Jackson suddenly wants Miley to see Faye too. Mm. Character of the week. Maybe she's a little hellraiser and he's just like trying to like, palm her off like onto this, her. I've got fed up with this accent. Okay, 
Um, character of the week is Daisy. I'll Take give this week back. <laughs> three and a half. Salt and vinegar. Chris on a batty out of five. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Richard says I'm sending this prior to Friday's episode, but it isn't looking good for Rufus at the moment. Yeah, I mean that did disappear, didn't it? it you know, with, with Rufus being potential victim number three. Oh well, he's not going to die ASAP. I'm surprised that um. It, Teddy went so quick, to be honest. Mm. It's, he's he's gonna. I mean, stave him off for the, a bit. Stephen's um, mo at the moment is you know nip it in the bud. No, Stephen's no good at, at crisis management. I will get. I will say that about him. Mm. He just lets everything spiral out of control until the only possible solution is hit them on the head with a hole punch. <laughs> Can't use the hole punch. The hole punch still isn't there, is it, Michael? I can't remember why Michael took it. Michael's stolen that hole punch. Yeah. And just to think, Dee Dee, the world's greatest lawyer, is living in a house with a... Um, not, she doesn't live there. She evidence. just goes round for oh, Sunday true. dinner. That's true. Um, I've I'll been listening to the bonus pass. episode. Corrie on strike. Oh, good. Cool. Yes, I enjoyed this. I'm glad you enjoyed this. I was born in January 1970, so my formative years in the 70s coincided with a lot of industrial action in the UK, including a three-day week at one stage to save on energy. Oh, I remember the 1979 ITV strike, and it had a major impact on the country, as the three channels we had then were reduced to two. Also, the question was asked in the podcast of how much a shilling was, in decimal terms, 5p. Uh, yeah, but... Doesn't matter. How much is 5p in a, in a guinea? Hmm? No, it doesn't matter. I've previously recommended... I don't think there's spoof... ever any point in trying to work any of this out, but thank you very much for trying. I've previously recommended a spoof Corrie channel on YouTube, <laughs> Bugger Nation You can't Street. say that. It seemed to have been replaced by or rebranded as Sorry Nation Street. Now, I think that's something different. I think I've seen Sorry Nation Street as well. And I think that was somebody trying to say, what? I'm going to make my own version of it. Because it's like more modern. It's like the early 2000s. Anyway, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it involves characters being dubbed. So they speak very funny, rude and at times quite dark it's dialogue. Incredibly... It won't be for everyone, but there are loads of episodes available and I recommend giving it a try but outside of the earshot of children. I, me, me and you watched this we and did. laughed so hard, but it's, the most it's hilarious one of these things, things that not only would I not recommend it to anybody unless I really knew what their sense of humour was like, but I would also never admit that I ever watched it and found it funny. It's too late. Because it would probably get it. arrested it's, for some of the jokes. They're very, 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 very inappropriate. appropriate at all. They are definitely not appropriate. If we but, said you know. any of the things that they said, we would get instant one stars off of everybody, yes. wouldn't we? And then yes. we'd get pulled off air and we'd lose all our sponsorship. <laughs> so but let's yes. move on. Thank, thank you, you, Richard. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> um, did anybody else like the, the strike thing? Michael's really um, wants praise for this because it he really... Well, I enjoyed it too. I don't necessarily. It I'm just felt, interested to know what people think because I, I think, just found it interesting. I think it was because it felt more historical than um, any of our other... We were being very formative. We're talking all about actual things that really happened, not just yeah. made up crap on Corey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, right. Last Nancy. one. Nancy, of she, course. She goes, uh, the stalking storyline is continuing to be shown in a realistic manner. I was glad that Christina dumped Justin when she realised that he is a stalker. I do so think realistic. Daniel got <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do. What would you do? Um, I'm not going to say. 
Who <laughs> could have to ask you later? I do think Daniel got wound up by the vile comment Justin made. Daisy's statement in court should have included how Justin ruined her wedding plans by speaking to the suppliers. I was as yeah. frustrated as Daisy was when she did not get the stalking protection order. I hope Daniel and Daisy make up and become a stronger couple. Daisy deserves the wedding of her dreams. I would like to see Jess and Craig work on this case together. Uh, Nancy, do you want it solved or not? <laughs> Oh come on, Jess can do it. <laughs> Jenny should bar Justin from the Rovers. I think I think he probably, he probably is, is now. Barred, yeah. But I'd like to see her say it. Yeah. Yeah. The Amy storyline is being handled with the sensitivity it deserves. I like the story picked up where it ended on Friday and how it showed the aftermath. I was happy Amy moved back home. It was great when we got to hear Tracy speak about Rob. Amy's conversation with Daisy served to draw a good comparison between Amy and Daisy's struggles. True. I would like the story to be slowly dripped in so it has done well. well I like flipping my layers. I like Glenda being involved with this Marco story. I am sure it will be hilarious when Beth meets him. After seeing Stephen spoke with Tim and the Rovers, I caught a glimpse of Stephen's real thoughts. I saw his nasty expression. Next week should be exciting. There you go, it was. I'll give this week three episodes three and a half wedding gowns with £2,400. Did I say that right? You said with, and then you went worth. worth. Oh, worth £2,400 out of five. Character of the week is Daisy, and I give a shout out to Amy. Lovely. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Cheers for the feedback. It's lovely. Yeah. Bring on the ghost. (laughs) Um, Are we going to get sued? No. It's ridiculous. I don't know. Are you allowed to say it, or is it just I can't put it on a T-shirt? You can't put it on a mug or a t-shirt okay. or a pen but I can say or a it. key ring or a water bottle or anything. Oh, water bottles. I am going to order those water bottles. The the, the, the platinum The ones. platinum edition, limited edition, yes, platinum, platinum. Um, um, I'm going to order them. So if you did want one and you're serious that you want one and you've got the money now, get in touch with us. Quickly. That's it. Thank you everybody for listening it's to another podcast. It's going to be about £30, pounds, isn't it? To Ish. send it to... Canada yeah, or you America. Really want one. It's it's non-profit. quite expensive. It's a non profit organisation to save the ocean. Yeah. Um right. Um email us a conversation like should have some closing words or thoughts. But Bring I just on want the to ghost. Thank you, Phyllis. No. Um conversation street at gmail.com. You can find us on conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can review us on iTunes, you can find us in the sun, you can see <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, Patreon, and no doubt all the other online things will pick that story up. Yeah, the rags. Yeah. Do you think we'll be in the Daily Mail? As a... Oh, maybe. It's probably there already in the showbiz section. Duncan Lindsay's probably got us in the Metro, hasn't he? Is he still there? Manchester Evening News. Yeah, maybe. Fame beckons. Oh, at last. Our big break. it's still a secret podcast. Don't tell anybody that we know about it. No. Right. We're done. Time for weekend larks. I'm going to find some ghosts. end of podcast. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Abby's literally just jumped. Throughout this podcast, for throughout the past three hours, she's been on, off, on, off, hasn't she, in my lap about yeah, six times. And she looks like she's just properly had to settle down and yeah. I'm going to have to kick her off. So sorry, Abigail. You don't have um, to literally boot her, though. Like I'm going to launch Simon her. Simon Gregson does with puppies. <laughs> <laughs> and with that... I that think, we will get sued about. Yeah, definitely. Not true. He Not true. He's lovely. Not true. Animal lover. Um, right. Bye. See you, everybody. Bye. The music for this episode came from what was that? Podcastthemes.com and also Gemma's uh, vocal stylings. Tomorrow, tomorrow, <laughs> I love you tomorrow. You're only a day. Oh.
to cast an eight-year-old girl on Coronation Street. You've I'll got do the it. job. I'll do it. <laughs>